Come and dream with me. Welcome to What Do You Want to Watch, the Explosion Network's premier media podcast. Every fortnight, we get together to talk about movies, TV, and online content, and help you answer the question, what's coming in 2020? We'll be telling you later in the episode. I'm your host, Ashley Hobley. Joining me is Dylan Blight. That, hello. We're starting 2020, and you changed how we opened the show, because that wasn't a question that me and... I didn't have, answer. like, a joke or anything. Okay. And, uh, Fair didn't. enough. Yeah. Starting the year, I'm here. prepared. Woo! Uh, Yeah. Also joining us, Nicholas Pryor. I'm also Ashley Hobley, your host. God, no. Uh, we're going to be talking about what's in our Wars tree, what movies are coming in 2020, what we ended up watching this episode, uh, Dagon. It's a film. Uh, but let's kick things off. So Dylan, you and I have both watched 1917, directed by Sam Mendes, uh, cinematography done by our Lord and Saviour, Roger Deakins, uh, about two British soldiers didn't send a message. <laughs> uh, obviously, the big takeaway is all made to look like it's one continuous shot. Um, so how, how did 1917 work for you? Uh, I think it's really good. I think I gave it like an eight on track or whatever. I think, I think it drags in the middle and kind of kills the momentum for what could have been an amazing movie. It's still really good, obviously, but I think like it's just so like da 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 da, da and then like it hits a point in the middle where the character kind of stays somewhere for like ten to fifteen minutes, I guess, kinda. And I'm like, eh, it's taking a bit too long, taking a bit too long, taking a bit too long, and then we got a bit. Then they build up momentum again, obviously, towards the finale. But that that little rest spot in the middle kind of killed the. I I, I personally, I, I think it was supposed to emotionally affect you somewhat. But it didn't do that for me, so I guess that's why it doesn't work. I guess if you get to that point, you're like, well, like, if you're sitting there and you're crying at that part, I guess, for some reason, then it works for you. But for me, it was kind of like a, a hump that slows it down. Uh, but other than that, I think the cinematography is obviously... The cinematography is great, but it's like... It's it's not even... To call the way it all flows as this, sort, this tricks you into thinking it's all shot in one motion like that's beyond just cinematography work that's like it's like everything that's everyone working together miraculously to make it work like you think about i imagine they didn't get every single soldier to be sitting there for 20 minutes until Hmm. or like eight minutes until the camera could come around well there's there's a behind this there's a behind the scenes video where it's like the camera in that running sequence there's people carrying the camera and then as like they're running with it they like pass it over to this truck thing or whatever but then those two dudes because the camera then goes past them they had to have on costumes so they're camera guys camera riggers or whatever and then they become extras like <laughs> the <Yeah>. fuck <laughs> that's the kind of the stuff you have to think about i guess um i listened to a podcast after as i <laughs> literally as i exited the cinema i put on a, a director's guild podcast episode about it that was mm-hmm. interesting to listen to, uh, and Sam Mendes talked a lot about the planning and him and Deacons obviously had to do for the movie. But he also rightfully, I, I think rightfully, points out how good G- George McKay is in this because- um, He's crazy I good. Mean, I mean, he's really, really good. And without spoilers, a lot of the movie rides on him being the, the sort of central character for it, for the whole thing. Um, and I think his performance will go somewhat underrated because there's not- 
that much dialogue in the movie, even when there is heaps of people on screen because they're either just trying to be quiet to not get killed or they're shooting people or they're running. You know what I mean? Like there's not too much dialogue, but I, I think he, he kind of gives it his all in a, in a necessary way that makes the movie work. And then obviously you have these other bit, these bit time, big, uh, big, uh, big cold people like at Colin Firth and whoever show up, which are good to see and whatever else. But, and the other thing that I, I would say for this movie is watching this. And then I think, or watching this after or watching this before, uh, they shall grow. They shall not grow old would be like a perfect kind of double act. And I think that, I think that documentary from Peter Jackson helped me appreciate this movie more because Mm. before I watched that, my world war one knowledge was kind of like very limited. And I think that's the, the way it is for a lot of people because there isn't many movies about it. There isn't many documentaries about it. There isn't many pictures about it. Uh, simply from the time period it was. So after watching that Peter Dax- Jackson documentary, it kind of opened up my eyes a bit about certain things about World War One that I didn't know that when I was watching this made me appreciate this more because I was like, wow, that is like that stuff they point out in that documentary and like the fact that they a lot of people's teeth is f- fucked up in this movie because that's how everyone's teeth were and uh, all these other sorts of things. And also one last thing I was like, well, I don't think it's a spoiler to say it. And it's not a spoiler to say. This movie, in my opinion, much like They Shall Not Grow Old, is very much like war is stupid. There was there's usually no point to war, but this war in particular had no point. I, I, mm. I don't think that's a spoiler to say that this movie isn't like, fuck yeah, America, or fuck you, or Britain, I suppose, but fuck yeah, Britain, you know, like it, it's very much like that. It's yeah. like, why are we fighting? Who's the enemy? What the fuck is going on? Like, World War II, it's obviously like, well, Hitler's the bad guy. It's very easy to understand, and that's why it makes movies That's why they make so easier. many movies about it. <laughs> so many movies, because it's like, Hitler's big bad guy. But then also, in real life, everyone had a common enemy to fight. It's like, that guy's fucking ki- killing, you know, millions of people. We've got we to take it down. World War One was like, what? no one knew why they were fighting, and I think this movie gets the the feel of that down. You know, like, like and also the, the feeling of the somewhat, companionship between the enemy sides to a degree if you know what i mean like they weren't like if they see a german they're not gonna blow their head off if they don't need to kind of thing and that's kind of what they also cover in they shall not grow old which i think this movie also sort of portrayed uh but no i think it's really really good i think the movie has a sort of seven seals of hell uh seven circles of hell feel to it in a a lot of ways i guess like as you kind of as they go further and further uh, throughout the yeah. movie it's like shit gets worse and darker and more hectic and uh blah blah blah, blah. but i i do think that middle hump held it back from like a nine to me i guess and held me at an eight hmm. um yeah I, I really enjoyed the film as well i think it's obviously a marvel as to how they pulled it off um even just like simple things like makeup like how the certain people die during the course of the movie i don't think it's a shocking <laughs> revelation that that would happen in a war movie yeah. but how do you do the makeup for that like to show them as they're slowly dying that kind of thing is like impressive um and then yeah just the camera work is incredible uh, just the set design everything looks so good um and then the and, uh, again george mckay is incredible to be able to pull off the performance he does and Obviously, we make a big deal about long takes, but I mean, it's still impressive to do in like a film set to not screw up, like especially with so many people, so many extras and that kind of thing. I mean, that running scene, 
sequence is it is crazy. Um, I enjoyed some of the like cameos, I guess, um, especially Andrew Scott who shows up towards the start of the film. Yeah, he was great. He's like, he's <laughs> he's so fun. He's like, fuck this shit. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I, I think it's really good. I think I don't know if it's like the the best movie this year, and we'll probably talk about it in a bit because we'll be talking about the Golden Globes. But um, yeah, it definitely a very very good film. Uh, Nick, you and Dylan both watched The Gentleman, the new Guy Ritchie film. Uh, what'd you think? Um, yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. I think it was, I guess, a return to form, you could say, to his, I guess, gangster kind of movie roots. I really enjoyed the story, all the acting. I mean, it's, I guess, a typical gangster movie from Guy Ritchie where it's, a, bit, a bunch of oddball characters and interconnecting plots and stuff happening by misadventure, liberal use of uh, language, quirky dialogue. Um, yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. I think it's as good as Snatch did, for me anyway. I saw you did a rewatch of Lock, Stock yep. and Snatch before you watched it as well. I did. <laughs> did that make it worse or better, do you think? Um, I don't know, really, because I had... I had been meaning to rewatch them recently, but I thought now's a good time as any. Um, I guess, yeah, I don't, I don't think it took anything away from the experience of the gentleman at all. Cool. Um, I, 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 I guess it maybe highlighted the similarities between all three for me. Cool. Dylan, what do you think? I I liked, but I definitely I don't think I'm my head over heels. Like I enjoyed my time with it. But I, I don't think it's anywhere close to the level of Lock, Stock, or Snatch. Like, I'm like, I watched it, and I'm like, yeah, there's a Guy Ritchie movie. Like, the Guy Ritchie I used to like watching, because I don't like any of the Sherlock movies and all that shit, so. Um, Fast-talking British characters, crime, plot, big cast, blah, blah, blah. The only thing that bothered me is the main thing for this movie went longer than I would have preferred. And I don't think it's a big spoiler to say that a lot of the movie is flashback sequences as all the characters are telling you what's happening. And I was hoping that would end sooner and would catch up to the present day time, but it takes a very long time to get there. And then I, I there's not as much at the end of the movie and it just like watching it, watching a movie that's three quarters of just kind of flashbacks I don't know. I, I kind of got sick sick of it for whatever reason to a point where I'm like, can we just like, what's happening? Like, can we wrap the thing up? But otherwise, it's a Guy Ritchie movie with really, it's, if you hate the way he writes dialogue, I guess you're going to dislike it because a lot of it is quite <clears throat> hammy and silly and whatever. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm like, no one fucking speaks like this, but no one really talks like this. There's no way, especially um Hugh Grant's character, who, yeah. which is great. I, I think it was the best thing about the movie. Be honest. It is great, but it's like if you, if 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 you're not on board with it, you're gonna hate the movie because like the way he he's the worst for like, well, sit down, darling, and have a piece of the cake with the poppy poppy, and you know, like all, lots of euphemisms and whatever else he's like saying all these sorts of things. Um, he he was great and great liberal use of the c word, which was quite enjoyable. Um, that's when you could tell it's not an American movie when you're getting lots of c bomb drops. Charlie Hunnam was great in it. Uh, I just. There wasn't, apart from Hugh Grant, I think the thing I missed was that I think Matthew McConaughey was miscast. 
And I think because I didn't buy into him particularly well as the main character, quote-unquote main character, even though I'd say Charlie Hunnam and Hugh Grant are kind of the main characters, surely they have the most screen time if you, like, look yeah. at it. I, I, I don't find Matthew McConaughey's character really a, I guess, a, a mate. He's obviously revolves around his character, but he, it doesn't seem like he is the main... He's the point of the movie, I guess. It's between... The Charlie Hunnam and Hugh Grant yeah. character. I mean, to, to me, that's they're the main characters. But like, yeah, the poster definitely. is Matthew McConaughey, Charlie Hunnam. Yeah. Like, it's it's him first, and a lot of the movie centers around his character um, or people that work for him. Obviously, like Charlie Hunnam and whoever else. So it centers back to his character. And I do, I just found him miscast in that role. I understand that he was supposed to be an American that moved. Like, they they make that part of the story. Like, he's American yeah. that's moved to Britain. Bob, like his accent and everything makes sense. But I just didn't find him enjoyable in that role, and it lacked the charisma I'm used to from, I guess, a lead central Guy Ritchie character type thing. Where I'm like, I don't like super like you or even super dislike you. You're just meh. Like I found his character meh. And I, I think that was a, a fault because every other movie, it's like Brad Pitt and Snatch. You're rooting for him, you know, like you really like um, J- J- uh, Jason's character in Lockstock. You're, you're rooting for him. Yeah, you know? I, so, I, I guess this, this is the major difference. Having watched the other two recently, it doesn't really have a character you could root for. There's no like, I guess, quote unquote, good guy yeah. in a way. I mean, all, all these movies have bad guys, but they're, they're at least yeah. a bad guy you're rooting for. And I wasn't really rooting for him. I was just like, I guess you're the good good guy of these group. So, yeah, whatever. Uh, also, um, what's a fake uh, strong? Uh, Jeremy Strong is really good in this, especially because like most recent thing I've seen him is obviously uh, Succession, where he's playing yep. the pompous American dude. And in this, he's doing uh, a completely different accent and it really works. And he gets, he's a lot of fun in this movie as well to see him, him play this sort of role. Cool. But Hugh Grant's a standout. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm loving his, I guess, resurgence into um, acting. Yeah, he's like, I'll stop doing the rom-coms. I'll go do play yeah. a villain in Paddington 2. I'll go play this <laughs> asshole. I mean, he picked li- out. Yeah, I'll go play the asshole in the uh, this Guy Ritchie movie. Like, he, he's just, yeah, coming back. So, Dylan, we both closely watched Little Women. Yeah. Um, the Greta Gerwig film uh, starring Saoirse Ronan, Emma Watson, Florence Pugh, Eliza Scanlon, Laura Dern, Timothy Chalamet. Um, have had you ever read the book? I've never read the book. I saw the. I've seen the nineties one when I was like okay. in school or something like that. Though. I went in completely blank. I really, really love this movie. I think it's brilliant. Um, I think this is the film that I went. Damn, Florence Pugh is incredible. <laughs> like, uh. She is really something, and uh, obviously Shersha Ronan's been doing incredible work for the last uh, five, ten years, maybe. Uh, Timothy Chalamet is great in this as well, although he's pre- pretty great in everything he's done so far. I don't know if he's put in a bad performance or anything yet, but um, yeah, I just I maybe go back and read about the the book and information about that and how what like how they, what changed, they changed the what they changed and how yeah. they changed the storytelling of the film where it's sort of flashbacks between them being more grown up to when they were ch- like children I, and the bookends of the the book publishing kind yeah. of story so the, the biggest really change well. other than like the fact that like starts ahead, like kind of flashes back is obviously the fact that they make um what is the character of Sasha? joe they make joe the author of the little women book whereas the original no, I think movie that, 
No, no. The the original she was she was never the author of the story that was being told. Like it makes this movie autobiographical by the character, and that wasn't in the original book. But yeah, I think the acting across the board pretty incredible. Um, even uh, even some of the other characters who show up. Meryl Streep is a lot of fun every time she pops up on screen. She's she's in it for like 10, 15 like minutes and she'll get an Oscar yeah. for it. <laughs> no, no. Surprisingly, there hasn't been much Oscar buzz for Meryl Streep. Uh, shocking. But yeah, uh, incredible film. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, I loved it. I, this is currently, the, I mean, I know we're only halfway through January, but it's like, this is currently sitting on the, you know, when you watch a movie and you kind of love it and it kind of, it's like, okay, we'll move that to the, that's, in the top 10 consideration for the end of the year. This is so far yeah. the only movie that's kind of hit that pile. 1917, um, as much as I love it, it w- it'd be sitting at like the, it'd be sitting in the like the 11 to 20 range of that, whereas this one's automatically like a lot higher for me. Yeah. Um, I think it's just beautifully made. It's got these amazing performances. It's just this heartwarming, I guess, in a lot of ways and romantic and what like it's heartbreaking too. Heartbreaking. Yeah. It's just a, wonderful story with amazing performances and beautifully shot and i mean it's a period piece so it's like if you hate those then you're going to be bored i guess but i kind of which i did when i was younger but nowadays i kind of just appreciate them a lot more i think uh especially when it comes to made better now yeah well that's true especially when it comes to like costume design and stuff like that the only person i went into this movie worried about and i was proven wrong about was emma watson she was the only person, not that I think she's a bad actor per se. She was just the only person coming into the movie. I was like, she's playing the like housewife character, you know? Yeah. So I was going into the movie knowing that and being like, I couldn't, I couldn't really see her at it, you know, for, for whatever reasons, but I think she actually did quite a good job at that. Um, and yeah, it's like Florence Pugh plays the complete opposite to. Her character, <laughs> I've seen people point out that apparently she filmed Midsummer right before this. And like, yeah, Midsummer apparently she, the, she had to work out the, the schedule so she could come. She got, she shot Midsummer, got on a plane, was shooting Little Women as soon as she got off the plane, pretty much. Yeah, which is ridiculous because the characters are complete opposite. So that's also quite hilarious. Um, yeah, and then Greta Gerwig, obviously, as the director writer, kind of just solidified. Obviously, we really both of us like Lady Bird. I, I think you like it a lot more than I do. Not saying yeah. I dislike it, but I, I I like it. I think you really like it. But um, I think Greta Gerwig obviously solidifies herself as like really she can direct. great director. She can really yeah, like, direct. <laughs> yeah, like keep making movies, please, Greta. And yeah, also, Lady love the Girl fact wasn't that, a flick. Yeah, <laughs> Lady Bird. Yeah, exactly. Lady Bird wasn't a flick. And also, I love the fact just as like a little bit of. In trivia intro things if this gets nominated for best picture and then marriage story gets nominated for best best picture you're gonna have a husband and wife uh no it's fight like off. a pet in a relationship or whatever yeah they're not married yeah. well yeah you're gonna have a uh fight i mean you're gonna have a couple fight with the for whatever the you want to call yeah. it what do you want to call it at the thing yeah which will yeah. be funny I guess. They'll have to sit at separate tables. Oh, no, yeah. Maybe they'll be separated. <laughs> yeah, that'd be you quite know, You know how they like to group them together separate? Yeah, the- yeah. Yeah, that'd be weird. The other crazy piece of trivia is she was pregnant during the filming of this movie. Yeah. And she didn't she tell anybody. Sure. She didn't tell anybody? No, she was wearing like a coat and stuff, like a wow. uniform, like the same thing every single day. Uh, and nobody knew until like the end of <laughs> filming. If you check out the like t- things, uh, discussions oh. and stuff. Before we move on, last thing I got to mention is the Alexandra Desplat score. I really love. I've been listening yeah. to it a lot. I've been listening to it a lot on Spotify. 
It's yeah. really good. Great. Um, so I went and saw Cats. Yay! Yeah. Good. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> the the Tom Hooper musicals. Top ten based of the on year. The mus- or no. Mm, mm, <laughs> um, it's interesting. Um, I don't think it works as a movie. Um, I don't know how it works as a musical. There's not a hell of a lot of plot. Um, the first half of the movie, I feel, is songs about introducing all the different cats. I mean, that's the plot, really. That's the plot. cats, and then the movie And ends. then they... Yeah. From what I know. So, I mean... It's fine. I mean, the songs are... Some of the songs are cool. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I, it's so... It's just odd. And I... The... Obviously, the design thing they've done with CGI'd them to look even more cat-like, like, to get rid of the makeup to an extent. I feel it... I think it's like a case by case basis. Like on certain, I think it's just because of people's face shapes and stuff. It, some people it works with, and then some people it doesn't work with. Um, it, it's just something distraction from takes out of the film. But um, I don't know. It was an experience that I sat through. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it. I just don't think it would work. I don't think it's the material is the type of material to you. You make a movie out of, I think, yeah. I don't. The whole point is they the the these jellical cats that have this big event in which they decide one person who's going to go to this uh get sent somewhere else, um and the heavy side layer to be granted a new life, and then they do that at the end and then they all sing and like nothing have not not much changes. <laughs> I mean. I mean, yeah. Idris Elba was cool. He was a cool looking cat. <laughs> Taylor Swift was really good. I liked her in this film. I think the new song they added. Um, uh, music. What was Beautiful Ghosts. Beautiful Ghosts. I don't. It's interesting because they weaved it in a way. which I think it's like, I, as someone who's never watched or listened to the original musical, I'm like, how did they not have that in there previously? so that was interesting I mean now I understand all the Anthony Carboni <laughs> the pandering about the movie cats so at least they've got that going for me and uh yeah cats cats uh alright so we all went on a big movie binge during our big break uh let's move work my way down these lists uh dylan you watched the florida project what's the flow florida project um so i watched both of um oh, fuck what's his i'm gonna forget the director's name now uh sean baker i watched two of his movies at the break but uh florida project was uh it doesn't really have a plot <laughs> is it so it's hard <laughs> to describe but it's set in this uh what do you call what, motel in america like they're all like yeah. I don't know. I guess it's not like a hotel to motel. Like they're all little apartment type small things, but they're like on the edge of in Florida, so it's like you can walk straight outside. I don't know. Anyway, uh it's this woman and her daughter. Um, they live there and she's obviously doing it hard. I mean, everyone that lives there is doing it hard. You can tell, like, they're not obviously rich people, they're living in this motel. 
is what they're doing. They're living there. Um, and William Defoe is the manager of the, the place. And I guess without spoiling it, the movie just kind of follows these characters as her daughter runs around and gets into trouble with some of the other kids and stuff happens there. And the mum falls, uh, like what she does to make money, uh, the way she has money troubles and kind of people she interacts with and what happens there. And I mean, by the time you get to the end of the movie, it's just like you've, you've kind of just lived in their life, these characters' life for a week or week or so and whatever it is. Really great performances. Really like the way it's shot. Um, I found the ending of the movie quite emotional. So I think it worked for me on that level. But yeah, it's like if if you're one of these people that watches movies like this and look, like, oh, what was the point? What was the plot? Then it's obviously not going to be a few. But I thought it was a really well made character piece. I guess is what you would call the character piece. Yeah. Well, you watch Tangerine as well, the other yeah. Sean Baker film. So what do you think of that? Yeah. I I would rate that above this, uh, simply because I found the. I mean, they're they're both really good, but I I enjoy Tangerine a lot more. So Tangerine's about this. Uh, Trans, I mean, both the main characters are transgender uh, women who, in real life, they are as well. So that's obviously a plus. We're not getting some Scarlett Johansson playing a <laughs> playing the role situation happening here. So that was quite good. Um, and the the plot is just this kind of fast paced, as fast paced as you can get, uh, stroll through um, LA in like a day. It's all set during one day. And at the start of the movie, it's like one of the characters got out of prison and her pimp slash boyfriend, she finds out, has slept with another woman while she was being locked up in prison the last couple of days or last week or however long it was. I can't remember now. So she sets out on a mission to track him down and tell him what's what. And one of the other, the other girl kind of sets, they split ways for a bit half the movie and she has her own story happening at the same time and then the third character is this taxi driver um who who is a regular customer for the that section of la which it seems is the way the movie makes out it seems like this sort of block is all run by the transgender group i guess i don't know what you say like like he gets without spoilers at one point in the movie where he gets pissed off that there's a door female born female there you know so you know like so it seems like that blocks all that and he's a regular customer there and um so you, you get to see what his day is like as well and much like florida project i guess as well the movie doesn't really have much <laughs> much of a a story of than the fact that you're following one of the characters um, as she tries to track down her pimp boyfriend or whatever. And then by the time you get to the end of this movie, it's like all the characters kind of come back together in one location. And the, la- the ending of the movie is really great because it's just a lot of all these characters you've been following coming together. And I mean, without spoilers, there's lots of yelling and that sort of stuff happening. That's quite interesting to watch go down and whatever else. But yeah, I just thought it was really, really unique. Obviously, I think one of the standout things for this movie is it was all shot on iPhones. And that was kind of the the I the reason I had it on my list for from years ago is because when I read that, it's all shot on iPhone fives. It was shot on f- three iPhone finds or something with twenty dollar lenses you could go buy yourself, and it was even edited on the iPhones apparently. Um, 
and then when they had he had no money at the time and he had to sell two of them as soon as he was done making the movie so so like that was <laughs> kind of guerrilla filmmaking at its you know full potential there it's cool you know so it's 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 like they're just walking through the street filmed on these fucking iPhones and making a, a movie but it's not cool because they're shot on iPhones like the story's interesting enough the acting's really good the characters are really strong and whatever else but obviously the fact that it's shot on iPhones is like for the first 10 15 minutes you're like you know, like that's a interesting point for why you're watching it. Yeah, but but I gotta say, this and Florida Project, Sean ba- uh, Sean Baker, I really loved both these movies, and straight away he's just like, he's now a name that I'm, I want to watch whatever Keep he does next. On. Yeah, like I looked up as soon as I was done with both these, I'm like, oh, does he have another movie coming out soon? And apparently, it says he doesn't. So I'm like, oh damn, because I was like, both these movies were just so different and interesting. Like he, he definitely has his own style and which his style just seems to be wanting to tell like character stories, you know, like and really diving into and and even like the setting is a lot of the character, you know, like in, in this, in Tangerine, it's like the city's a character in Florida project. It's like that, that motel area is like a character. Like he has a, I'm big, I'm a fan now. I wouldn't say I'm a big fan. I've only just watched his two movies, but I'm definitely a fan of his work now between both these movies. Uh, so I watched King of Thieves, the uh, Michael Caine, Jim Broadbent, Charlie Cox, old people crime movie. Yeah, I remember watching Charlie. It was, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. It's it's okay. It's not that great. <laughs> it it's kind of boring. I mean, they they it's just old people, you know, trying to relive their heyday. I think an interesting thing they do is they cut back to footage for all the actors like in their prime. I guess. It just coincidentally, I guess they were all in like crime or gangster esque movies or something. So I said, does they it just could... have footage from Michael Caine in Italian job? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, they, I mean, they could have easily done that. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it was a fine hour and a half movie, but it, it's not going to last at all. I, lo- it, I love how it's just I, like I can barely remember the past. Like, I was I just like, I've discovered this great director. Love both these movies. Really interesting. Really unique. What did you watch, Ash? It was fine. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. No, <laughs> Nick, you watched American Made, the Tom Crowe's movie. What Flies planes. American. Oh, American, American Made. Made. Uh, yeah. Made. M A D E. I think. I think you say M A I D. I was like, what the fuck did I watch? <laughs> <laughs> We're good with words in 2020. Yeah. <laughs> it can only go up from here, I imagine. Yeah, I'm sure People it will. sitting to find out. <laughs> but yeah, Tom Cruise. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, I've been meaning to watch it for a while, but I end up seeing it on Special Cell Bought It. I like Tom Cruise. It's a pretty out-there movie. I guess it's kind of cashing in on the Narcos craze because it revolves around, it's a real story about a guy who was a pilot that ends up being enlisted by the CIA to do spy in Central American countries, and then he eventually gets involved in the drug trade, and it's a story of excess and wacky and wild, like you wouldn't believe it's true unless you knew it was. Um, I think it was a fun movie, definitely worth watching. I mean, you either love or you hate Tom Cruise, he's Tom Cruise in it, but... Yeah, I quite enjoyed it. Dylan, you've filled in a bit more of your Florence Pugh catalogue. You watch yeah. Lady Macbeth? Uh, yeah, this is a... F- so, uh, Lady Macbeth is nothing to do with Macbeth. That's like the <gasps> full stop there. So in case you're like, what is it like, oh, they've turned Macbeth into a lady, outrage, outrage, outrage. It's not that. 
Uh, I don't think name- anybody was getting up- <laughs> outraged about a gender bent Win Shakespeare. They would if it was high budget and it was like a movie they knew about. I guarantee people would get fucking upset. Let's be real. Um, Maybe. What was what? what I'm trying to think which one would work. What they do high budget? They did a high budget M- Michael Fansbender Macbeth. Imagine if they changed that to a girl. Yeah. Okay. That could be piss people off. I mean, they've done like Macbeth like 50, 60 times on film, so yeah, I mean, yeah. why not? Yeah. Anyway, uh, but so this uh, Florence Prue's character is just called Macbeth. Like that's just the last name. So Lady, Mac- oh no, the guy I think is called Macbeth. But the movie starts. It's a very, it's very sort of fast paced. It's only like eighty, it's just shy of ninety minutes or just ninety minutes, whatever it is. Goes sort of fast. Uh, so it's set. It's period piece. You know, I can't remember the exact year. Obviously, fucking eighteen hundred something, eighteen seventy something probably. Uh, but she's just been. She's just married this this guy. It seems like it was kind of this, you know, agreed upon marriage type thing. The father seems to have picked the wife for his husband uh for his son sort of thing so now she's married um he's a dick he doesn't like her and that becomes very evident very quickly at the start of the movie as he uh tells her to strip off stand in the corner and he just jerks off to her i mean that's all that's yeah he just doesn't want to touch his wife so that's uh proves how well the relationship's going there uh but the main plot of the movie is that he very quickly at the start of the movie has to go on a trip somewhere for business or whatever and she strikes up a romantic relationship with one of the like gardener dudes or you know something of that position lower class anyway someone she should not be talking to let alone uh having an affair with while her husband's away and then the movie is about how the two of their romance and how the two of them attempt to hide it and keep it a secret from the rest of the family and uh, whatever else, and things escalate, escalate, escalate into a rather dark and grim uh, finish, I guess, in a lot of ways. But uh, once again, Florence Pugh is very good. I mean, she's definitely on my, she's just definitely at this stage, I'm like, she's just one of the best working young actresses at the moment, for sure. Like, mm. I, I, it's not. Every time I, everything she's in, she's just like really good. So she's really good in this. Everyone else is really good in it. Shot well. Uh, it's just a small sort of movies though. So I enjoyed it though. It was, it was enjoyable. Slow paced though, I guess. Even for the 90 minutes, like it's moving, but it's still like, you know, a drag and all, <laughs> in some ways. Cool. Uh, then you also watched 13 Assassins. Were there 13 Assassins? I, yeah, there was. There was 13 seasons. Um, okay. I, I'm really surprised I've never watched this before. It's always, This is one of those... You know, sometimes you find a movie, you're like, I should have watched this ages ago. Like, this is up my alley. I don't know why I never got around to it kind of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you're like, I should have watched this, but I didn't for whatever reason. Um, really good. Uh, I know it's well-loved. I, I, I believe it's well-regarded. Um, the fucking director, uh, Take- yeah, Takeshi Mike, is a well-liked, obviously, director who does about 20 movies a year. Yep. And he, this is, he passed 100 like a couple of years ago. So Doesn't surprise me. He pops um, me out. <laughs> I've seen like a couple of his movies. I'll never watch them all because he does too many. Uh, but I think this is his most American or like foreign, or what do you call it? Ameri- Northern <laughs> successful one, I guess, whatever. Uh, but yeah, it's like Western. Thank you. That's weird. I was fucking forgetting what it's called. But yeah, it's, it's literally about like they want to kill uh, the Shogun, or the Shogun's son. 
like who's like a crazy person who's just killing people for no reason, like torturing them. Uh, without big spoilers, like this is from the first 15 minutes of the movie. They go to this one, um, they go to this one, like uh, the one, the main character dude, uh, who's like a sort of retired samurai, I guess, at the time, because there's not much work for them during this period after like the great wars are over and whatever mm-hmm. else. And this one dude comes and says, you need to assassinate the Shogun's son before he becomes in power because he's a fucked up individual. And at first he's like, yeah, no, nah, I don't really do, do that. I'm not going to like assassinate someone of his stature. That's like impossible and ridiculous. And then he reveals that he's brought along this woman who's had her arms and legs cut off and she's just limbless and had a tongue cut out and everything. And that's what this this dude does. He just like tortures people for the fun of it. So all of a sudden he's like, well, that's fucked up. I'm kind of on, on board for this mission. And then he gathers up, of course, as the name says, he ends up gathering up a total of 12 more assassins for his cause. And for the first like half of the movie obviously it's this sort of like gathering of the people meeting them talking like planning what they're gonna do blah 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 and then when stuff gets down to action in the last hour i think that the the fight like the actual big epicness goes for like the last hour of the movie it's quite quite long they kind of but it's really really good like it's it's fucking sword fights arrows like there's hundreds and hundreds of extras because he's like well bodyguarded like when they finally go in for the assassination and it's this really long and epic fight and i loved every second of i mean i love the whole movie but that last hour the fight i was like yeah this is the <laughs> this is some dylan shit i'm fucking in for this and it was really really good yeah so i enjoyed it cool uh then you watched ingrid goes west the- yeah, i wasn't a fan of this okay yeah, this is my this is my first downer. I, I feel like I've been pretty high all episode, but here we go. First one, um, yeah, it's um, what the fuck? I can't remember the actress's name. Um, that was my problem. <laughs> yeah, oh, Jesus Christ. Um, she's in stuff, hey. Um, Ingrid goes. Ingrid goes west. I need to know. We need to know. Uh, Audrey Plaza, right? So yes. Audrey Plaza plays this. Uh, so it says Audrey Plaza and Elizabeth Olsen, and then O'Shea Jackson Jr. Now, Ice Cube's son's the best part of the movie. Full stop, we'll put that there. Uh, But the main premise of the movie, and I guess the main story, is that it's about, like, the social media age and, like, how people get addicted to it and fucked up and all that sort of stuff. And it's Audrey Plaza's character discovers Elizabeth Olsen's character on Instagram. And she's like, oh, like, look at her life. Like, you know, it's it's sort of like it's all fake, of course. You know, it's it's all, like, her posing for pictures and being like, oh, just had pancakes, gonna do, you know... All the typical Instagram influencer type bullshit. But Audrey falls for it and she comments on one of her posts and then Elizabeth Olsen's character replies. So then all of a sudden Audrey Piles' character because she has... I mean, she has a condition. I don't know what you would officially classify it as, but like... When you when someone online replies to your comment and then all of a sudden your brain goes, oh, we're friends, I'll travel halfway across America to go meet them. Like, that's a, that's something wrong. You know what I mean? Like... And they never really go into that, truly, apart from the fact that she's leaving. She got locked up at the start of the movie. The, the, the movie opens with her going to someone's wedding. So she, the person before Elizabeth Olsen's character, like the another person she was stalking, she goes to her wedding and then like attack, like they ends up being a whole thing and then she ends up getting a locked, locked away in like a, uh, what's the name for like a psychiatrist type thing? Uh, you know, Shrink. Like a, no, no, no! Like locked away, like you're there, like you're you, psychiatric ward. Yeah, like ward. a psychiatric ward. Yes, she ends up in. A, that's where she ends up in the first five minutes. So the movie opens with her getting out of this psychiatric ward. 
So it's like she she obviously got diagnosed or something and she has something. And then like I guess that's the whole thing. But anyway, she goes after Elizabeth Olsen's character and she ends up meeting Ashia Jackson's character, which is the best part of the movie. But uh she's horrible, obviously. Uh, she's obsessed with Elizabeth Olsen's character and social media and just being a fake person. And she's just really not fun to be around, not fun to watch. I didn't like her at all. I understand that that's the point. But also, Elizabeth Olsen's character is not fun to be around. I'm like, who the fuck do I like in this movie? I like Ice Cube's son. He's fun. Let's go be with him. His character in this movie loves Batman. He's always talking about Batman. He's like, I want to write Batman movies and I'm working on a script and like his car's got Batman shit in it everywhere. And he's like, that's a whole funny bit. I quite enjoyed that. I would like to see the whole movie just about his character and how he, what he does in his days and how he goes about life. But no, I'm over here dealing with fucking dickhead one and two stupid characters. Anyway, yeah, I didn't like it. <laughs> Piss awesome. me off. Uh, Piss me off. <laughs> uh, so I watched Olympus Has Fallen, the uh, other president. This is the first one. Or White House gets. This is the first one. This is the president. Okay. The the White House gets attacked. The other one. The other White House attack film. They came oh, out. Yeah. It is the uh, lesser of the two ones. Uh, White, White House, House is superior. Yeah. Th- that's the superior one. I mean, it's fine. Uh, Aaron Eckhart is okay. Morgan Freeman does. What Morgan Freeman does in every single movie just is good. Jared Butler proves to be a good action star, even though he seems like he's kind of OP, um, <laughs> to use a gaming term, uh, <laughs> taking everybody down. Uh, interesting premise for the film, but um, it, what they want is, uh, I guess, slightly different to other films. But, I mean, it was fine. I had a, I had a good time. Good enough time that I watched London Has Fallen, this follow-up. In which they go to London, and that falls. Uh, <laughs> uh, which also had Jared Butler, Morgan Freeman, Aaron Eckhart. Again, just a solid action film. Just a, it, it, It's one of those just dumb action films that you can put on the screen and your brain can just go to sleep. Or on low power Except mode. You, you should have been saving these for when was back at work. So you could have had them in the background while you was doing shit. I was... Mate, I was playing <laughs> some video games and that kind of stuff. <laughs> I gotta get the Team Fire Tactics score up. New wow. season, man. But yeah, uh, they were enjoyable enough. Uh, I'll probably end up watching the third one when it becomes comes to a streaming service. Yeah, this year. Yeah, probably. So look forward to hearing about Angel Has Fallen on what do you want to watch? All right, uh, Nick, you went and watched Blockers, one of our, I think, me and Dylan's top films of 2018 from memory. Yeah. Yeah. What did you think? I really enjoyed it. Um, it, I guess it was different to most, I guess, movies of that kind of pedigree where it shows the parents' side as well as the kids' side, as you've discussed before. Um, I've been meaning to watch it for a while, but then I saw it was on Netflix, so we chucked it on. Stacey and I both loved it. I think it was quite funny. Um, yeah, coming of age. Is different. It was definitely refreshing to see the girl side of that kind of story, uh, liberating, I guess. Um, but yeah, it's definitely pretty good. Uh, Dylan, uh, I saw that you took my advice and you watched Her Smell. What do you think of Her Smell? That's an intense movie. Very intense movie. Uh, I I can compare this to another movie we talked about. So I, I I watched this like the day after Ingrid Goes West, and I compare them. Only because both the characters are horrible people, yep. right? B- 
but her smell gets it right. And even though she's, you're watching a train wreck, it's interesting to watch that train wreck because, like, you just it, you know something's there, and like the performances are good, and the fact that they they make that movie like was it three or four kind of set pieces, I guess that really long set pieces. I think it's like five. Is it okay? Yeah, there's but- the initial performance, the recording session. The other recording performance. Yeah. And then the end. The recovery and then the final performance. Yeah. And because that movie does that, so oh, in case you don't know what we're talking about, I guess, it's that, so her smell doesn't really follow a normal movie structure. It's it, like, it's not like, oh, here's the start of her career because it's about a rock star. Uh, like it, it shows you a short clip at the start with them getting their first plaque, sets up the knowledge that they get super famous and then just cuts ahead to her now, like, Drug, drug abusing, fame filled, fucking narcissist, right? Uh, and that's where that's where we are. And the first scene in the movie goes for like twenty minutes. It's just her talking shit to everyone and pissing everyone off, and everyone trying not to have her kill her own baby as she's high as fuck carrying it around the backstage and whatever else. Uh, and then it cuts ahead again. And in between each of these scenes are these little interludes that show you the happier times when the band was. Uh, just getting together between all these interludes and stuff. But the movie really works because of that, I think, because it's just like, you don't need to see like this normal picture structure. It's just like, it shows you this, everything makes sense. You get all the information you need in those very long scenes. Uh, But yeah, really good, amazing performance from Elizabeth Moss. Uh, Everyone else is quite good in it as well. I think, the white shot is just very claustrophobic and off-putting, and that's obviously the point. The music is really off-putting and horrible. Um, it's not an enjoyable movie experience at all, but I was really enthralled, and I, I think by the... I liked it because by the end, I wouldn't say it has a happy, quote-unquote, happy ending. It's not like, oh, everything's happy, go lucky, you know, when it's like a stereotypical Hollywood happy ending, but I feel like at least the ending made sense for me. You know what I mean? I was like, okay. That's fine. I can deal with that. If it, yeah. we all got together. It's yeah. not a happy ending, it's a positive ending. Yeah. It's not it's 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 fine. It's it's what makes sense, I feel, for what it works. But yeah, she gives a phenomenal performance. It was it was an interesting movie. I liked it. Uh then you also watched Francis Ha. This is a movie I've been saving to watch, like for a potential what'll be under watching, but you know, whatever. What'd you think? <laughs> oh, sorry. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Really, really good. So I, I believe this is the the movie of which Noah Bombach, who directs it, um, him and uh, yep. Greta Gerwig like kind of hit it off while filming this movie is what I gather. But um, so it's about this character Francis Ha. Don't know her last name. Uh, that's just what it is. And the movie doesn't really have a plot. I mean, <laughs> it's follows her she's a character she's living in the city she's doing things she's like she wants to be a dancer she's not getting paid enough to be a dancer she's kind of floating between different houses throughout the movie because of different reasons different things i mean she gets to interact with different actors uh characters who are played by some interesting actors uh, of course adam driver's in this movie he's very good um but then i can't remember him off the top of my head but it's the husband from mrs Maisel. miss Maisel. um i can't remember the actor's name but he's like one of the main dudes in this uh, as well, who like lives in this house with Adam Driver's character, who's he's a lot of fun to watch in this. I was like, wow, you're not being a dick to mate to to Midge. 
So that's great. <laughs> I, I'm enjoying you in this movie. I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying what's happening here. Uh, Greta Gerwig is just uh, really fun in this movie. I wouldn't call her character like um, your typical sort of indie movie. Like, uh, what's, it what's the word? Uh, everyone falls in love with the girl character. The fuck. Manic Pixie Dream Girl. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't call her a manic pixie dream girl, but she has that quality of she's acting like a 18, 19, 20-year-old when she's she's like 27, 28. Like she has a lot of like, I'm just floating through life and everything will be fine. And obviously that's something, that's part of the plot, I guess. It's like it's a movie about growing up in a lot of ways, uh, but she's enjoyable to watch for that reason. Uh, no, I, re- I really enjoyed it, but it's like it doesn't really have a main plot, so... It's also shot in black and white, so it's got a ro- lot of reasons to turn off. <laughs> yeah, like black and white movies. You don't like movies without a quote unquote plot. You're out. I enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. Cool. Uh, I watched 10 Things I Heard About You. I had never seen this movie before. Um, what? Even though it's like, yeah, I know. Even though it's like a seminal it's like one of the most quoted. Rom-com. Yeah. So I, I really enjoyed it. I had a great time. Clearly, it still holds up. There's, like, elements that are kind of weird. Um, they have this... At the start, they have... Um, what's her name? Alison Janney. Writing erotic fiction. Mm. That never comes up again after about half an hour. <laughs> but other than that... I mean, it just reminded me how great Heath Ledger was. as like, how charismatic he could be. Um, obviously, I'm a big fan of him in A Night Tale. I think that's a great, fun film. Um, and he gives... Exudes similar energy... Um, obviously, I, I obviously I knew it was based on Taming of the Shrew, which I hadn't seen. I remember seeing like a, a live performance of it, like as a in high school. I think we went to see some crappy theater performance. Um, <laughs> obviously <laughs> that uh, this is told much better than that crappy theater performance, and uh, much easier to swallow. So yeah, I I had a, I had a great time. Heath Ledger, great. Joseph Gordon Lovett is is amusing to see. He's still as a young child. Um, and Julia Stiles is really good in that movie as well. Uh, yeah. It's just weird to see all the, like, young people, like, other people in the film, like, uh, David Krumholtz, who's gone on to many different roles and that kind of thing, is, like, the geeky sidekick to, uh, Jason Gordon Lovett's character. And, yeah. I don't know. I had a great time. So, definitely holds up for someone who's never watched it before. <laughs> Uh, Dylan, then you watched Fruitvale Station, the, uh, Ryan Coogler film. Was this a rewatch yeah. or you seen this before? I never watched it. Okay. What, what'd you think? Michael B. Jordan. Uh, powerful movie, I guess. Uh, it's a true story. And this isn't a spoiler to say, cause the movie tells you like, the movie tells you how it's going to end, even if you don't know, like at the start. Like it shows, it, it sh- the movie opens with the real camera f- cell phone footage from the real life event. And then it cuts as soon as the gunshot goes off and then rewinds time with to Michael B. Jordan as the actor. So it's not a spoiler to say the movie is about this, I can't remember his name, sorry, I should actually have it up. Be, it's, not, it's, not, it's a real person's name, so I feel like I, should probably get it right but um he's oscar grant right oscar grant he was dude it was out on new year's eve so it's new year's day actually by the time he dies 
uh, and he gets off this train. Well, the story goes that he gets into a kerfuffle on this subway train, then the cops show up, and then all this stuff happens, and then, you know, long story short, he gets shot, and the cop who shot him is no longer working for the police, and the family did, did get a big payout. So, I mean, that kind of tells you, it was it a lawful shooting? The answer is no. Uh, the movie, though, it's it the way it structures it and kind of gives you that information ahead of time, it then is able to paint this picture of his day beforehand. And from what I understand, uh, Ryan Coogler took some liberties with like what exactly he was doing that day and blah, 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 which I don't really mind because it's, in a lot of ways it becomes less about Oscar Grant as a person and more just about like the idea of any black man being Oscar Grant. You know what I mean? Like it's not particularly like it's about him being shot. It's like the idea of just any young black man being shot by police is, is kind of how it, it felt to me. Um, really great performance by Michael B. Jordan though. Also really great performance by, um, Fuck, I can't remember her goddamn name. Not, not his word. Uh, Octavia Spencer, who plays his mum in the movie. She's really quite good as well. And from what I could understand, the only reason the movie got made is because she kind of jumped on board as a producer so and helped get it made, which was good. Um, but yeah, it's, it's hard. Obviously, by the time you get to the end of that movie and stuff starts happening, I mean, it's 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 sad to watch. It's, there's no way around it, you know? Like, even you, you know it's coming, but they've made you like him so much up to that point that it's horrible. And I think that's why the movie succeeds because it makes you like him so much as a person, you know? And I think that's where some of the criticism comes from. It's like, oh, he wasn't actually that nice in real life or blah, 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 blah is what I could see people complaining about when I, when I looked it up after I watched it. But I was like, yeah, but to me, he's, that's what I'm saying. It's, to me, he's not representing just one person. He's representing a lot of people, so... Uh, really good though and i can understand how michael b jordan of course you know from this he got a lot of buzz from this and then obviously ron coogler got buzz from this and now the both of them took off superstardom together so now i know the origin stories for that relationship i guess which is good yeah it's funny you mentioned that so michael b jordan obviously did this got a lot of buzz mm. uh then in 2015 his cast it's human torch in fantastic four are you just Which watching watch. shit? Are you just like? Are you just like? I'm on holidays. I will watch trash. I mean, <laughs> in, obviously, all the Fox Marvel movies came up on Disney Plus. I'm like, fucking hell, that's the one I haven't seen. Morbid curiosity. I'm over here catching up on shit I should have watched. You're over here watching shit you shouldn't watch. Fucking hell. I mean, I was having a good time until. About maybe halfway through, and then you know they decide, hey, we need to hurry up and wrap this film up. Let's quickly throw together, let's throw an antagonist for them to fight, and then one action sequence, and then that's the end of the film. I, I, I. Somehow this movie is a hundred minutes long, but it definitely feels like it is not a hundred minutes long. I think <laughs> it feels incredibly. It just feels like there's a missing like hour somewhere, um, which wouldn't surprise me because obviously there was a lot of troubles on the. The filming of that movie. Um, but I think, yeah, Michael B. Jordan completely short shrift in that film. Jamie Bell completely short shrift. Um, Miles Feld, I like Miles Teller just in general. So I enjoyed him. It's like an interesting version on um, 
Mr. Fantastic, I guess. Oh. Uh, Reed Richards. No, Richard Reed. That's the correct Reed Richards. way to pronounce it. Is it? Um, Kate Mara. Yeah, Reed Richards. Mm. Why do people have two first names? It's not a good. Mm. Um, Kate Mara is good, like, all right, but she again, she doesn't get much to do. It, it's it's such a weird... It is weird where the problems are in this film. <laughs> like, but, I mean, I understand why it, it, it failed. <laughs> it just it it's all set up <laughs> it's all set up and no payoff and i mean i enjoyed the setup it's just the payoff was non-existent so what's the point of the setup then at that point i mean for the non-existent hopefully sequels. obviously marvel have now gotten fantastic fallback so there's potential there um for them to do something with it but yeah i don't i'm I'm trying to think, comparing it to the original two, how I feel about this. They I weren't think good either. Probably the original two was still better. Yeah, if, but they weren't good. Which which isn't like an out there statement, I don't think. Yeah. But uh, Nick, you watched Cold Pursuit, the uh, is it Liam Neeson film. Liam taken, Neeson, correct? Yeah. Taken in a snowy place. Is it I'm taking my polar bear? No, it, it's an adaptation of a Norwegian or Swedish film, I think, by the same director. Um, it's quirky. Uh, I'm, I mean, I guess I enjoyed it, but I also didn't love it either. Um, it's got a lot of dark, dry humour, which I appreciated. But, um, yeah, it's definitely something you got to be in for. Like, it, I don't know if I could wholeheartedly recommend it, but, I mean, it's worth checking out if you're kind of into dark comedies. But, yeah, I wouldn't say it was an amazing film. Uh, Dylan, you watched Tully, a film that I meant to have watched like several times, but never gotten around to yet. I really liked Tully. Think of Tully. I thought it was really good yeah. and really interesting. Jason Reitman, Diablo and... Cody film, starring Shirley as Theron. Like, I think the thing that's interesting to me is, so I've watched a documentary about, um, what's the official name? Postnatal depression. Like that's the official name, I think, right? Yeah. Like, uh, mothers who get depressed when they have... After birth and right, yes. um, and even Louis Thoreau, I, yeah. I he did a documentary like last year about it, which I found interesting as well. Um, when he interviewed all these women who like are checked into a clinic because they're so depressed, they uh, think about killing themselves, and it's like for a lot of people, they just don't understand. They're like, "You just had a child. How could you be feeling that bad?" So it's it's an interesting subject of mental health that I don't think is like particularly talked about much and i think the interesting thing about tully to me is that's what the movie's about but it never says that so you could be like dylan if it never says that then how do you know that's what it's actually about and i'm like i'm telling you that's what it's about like it is very clear that that's what the movie's about um i don't know if it's a negative or a positive that they never clearly state that but it kind of just fits the story that they don't because she doesn't exactly go and get uh Go, to go see a doctor about it, you know? So it's like, where would that fit in the plot uh, for, for them to mention it? But I think as a subject that I've never seen tackled on film, it made quite a interesting and it's dark at times. It's funny at others, but either way, it's it's a really good movie. Charlize Theron is obviously amazing. Um, she 
she really went into the role. She put on a bunch of weight for the role and like all these other things, which is she commits to it. She does the full thing. Uh, but I really like these Jason Wright. I mean, you know, obviously we watch Young Adult, which I really, really like, and a lot of people really hate because they just find her character horrible. And I guess people could have similar complaints about this in that her character is horrible mm-hmm. at times in this. But I'm like, I don't get that because, as I'm saying, she's a struggling mother in this, and it wor- it worked for me. I, I find it hard to talk about about spoilers because there is a lot of spoilery type stuff for this type of movie, which is hard. Like you wouldn't think there is, but there is a lot of spoilery type stuff that happens. But yeah, I, it's it's dark, it's funny at times, but at the end of the day, it's an interesting subject matter that they I think they do right, and I, I think it's fine they don't mention it because then like it kind of plays into the fact that it's a it, it's a section of mental health that isn't talked about much, and they never mention it in the movie, you know. So it kind of works in that fa- in that factor, I guess. Well, this was okay. Didn't blow me away, but it was okay. Uh, it's about uh, you also watched Blue Ruin. What's Blue Ruin? Uh, slight spoilers, I guess, because I don't reveal this for like 15. Like, I, I I never watched the trailer. I didn't know what the movie was about, but I presume this is in the trailer because it's like, how the fuck do you advertise the movie otherwise? But it's about a dude who finds out that the person who killed his parents uh, is getting out of jail. And it seems that, like, once his parents died when he was, like, 10 years prior, it kind of just set him off the the deep end. He's kind of just living in a car, like, stealing shit and, like, living a very simple life out alone by himself. And that, as the movie goes on, you get the idea that that's a life he put himself in after, as he dealt with the loss of his parents. Uh, But he finds out his parents, uh, his parents' killer is getting released and he sets off across the country with, of course, the intention of getting revenge and when he gets there shit goes hurrah uh, goes sideways i guess is, is the easiest way to explain it so it's a it's a revenge thriller is what it is yeah but it was okay it, it, it didn't blow my socks off but it's it's got some good performances and when the violence happens it's violency <laughs> i guess is the way to say it but yeah it's good <laughs> Uh, so I watched Miracle, the 2004 sports drama, uh, starring Kurt Russell, uh, that follows the American hockey team, uh, as they play in the 1980s Winter Olympics. Um, the big build-up is obviously them playing against the Soviet professional team in the event that's called the Miracle on Ice. Um, I had a good time. I think it's an enjoyable Mm. sports movie of that Disney ilk. Like, you know, the, remember the Titans... The, those kind of films um but yeah Kurt Russell's good um who Patricia Clarkson's also very good in the film as his wife though she's not in it a hell of a lot but uh and then all the hockey players are really good they're not like well-known actors nobody's like a, there's no breakout stars or anything I think that a lot of them were mostly cast so they could skate <laughs> I think that was probably the more important attribute in their acting ability although they're Nobody's like terrible or anything, but yeah, I had a good time. Obviously, not knowing anything about the history of the event, other than they know that they won and they played hockey. <laughs> uh, yeah, I had a good time. Uh, then I also watched Million Dollar Arm, which is a another biographical sports movie, um, starring John Hamm, Bill Paxton, and uh, Lake Bell and Asif Mandi, 
uh, he's a sports agent, and he gets the idea to turn cricket players into baseball pitchers. It's like a gimmick thing to get, like a deal. Um, so he ends up setting up this competition in uh, India to get pit like guys to throw their arms fast because you know India big market. So if they can get an Indian pitcher in the MLB, they'll like make a lot of money potentially. Um, so yeah, the, the, that's that story. It's a fu- again another farm charming Disney film based on a true story, um, and you know it's it's the basic story of the John Hamm character being a dick at the start of the movie, and then he comes to like the kids and stop being a dick, and then the girl likes him. But you know that maybe sometimes you need to watch those kind of movies. You need to, you need to feel good. So it was a nice feel good sports movie, which I needed at the time. So. Uh, I was like, what sports fucking sports thing have I, I guess. Yeah, okay. uh, Dylan, you um, watched Britney Runs a Marathon. This was my... That's kind of sports related. Was this the morning of, or was this actually my New Year's... <laughs> uh, this was my New Year's Eve movie. <laughs> I, w- I, I was watching this as the fireworks kicked off. <laughs> so, that's, uh, that's how that worked out. Um, it's okay. <laughs> uh, I think... I think... In a lot of ways, it'll work for some people more than others, just depending on what mood you're in. Uh, because it is, I guess, similar to the million dollar arm thing. Like, it is just that kind of stereotypical feel goody type movie. So, like, I enjoyed it, but I wasn't like, I wasn't crying at the end. But I feel like if you're, I feel like if you're really down in the dumps and you could watch this, then by the end, potentially, like, you're going to just crack and bowl your eyes out, I guess. You know what I mean? Like, I wasn't like, I was just like, I'm tired. If anything, I'm just fucking tired. By the time the movie finished, it was fucking 12.30. I'm like, movie's yep. wrapping. I'm like, yeah, it was all right. <sighs> <I'm gonna sleep." laughs> so, so maybe I wasn't in the exact right m- m- mindset for it. But um, I was trying to find them. Uh, <laughs> but the, the main girl who's in it, who's like usually a bit player in other comedy things. Yeah, she, she was she was pretty good. I've never seen her like actually as a lead, obviously. In Jillian Bell. So. She was all right. Uh, based on a true story as well, even though I I think they've taken a lot of liberties with a lot of stuff that's happening. But I mean, it's like it's it's about a girl who decides that she's going to start running to for her health reasons because she goes to the doctor at the start of the movie and the doctor's like, "Hey, you should probably lose some weight because she's like, I'm not even that fat." And he's like, "Well, yeah, but also like all the drinking and all the party drugs you're doing aren't good for you and blah 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 blah." So then instead of just taking up running as like a small thing to do she decides i'm gonna run the new york uh marathon that's like the challenge for the movie so yeah it was good though heartwarming tale yeah cool heartwarming tale uh so that's all the movies we've watched over the break uh but i wanted to touch on uh show that came back new year's day no. Doctor Isn't Who thirteen came back oh. finally season eleven twelve it is second season with the se- series twelve <laughs> sorry thirteenth Doctor yeah twelve the Doctor eleven right no thirteen <laughs> fuck numbers numbers and words this episode's great uh <laughs> uh <laughs> so the second season with Jodie Whittaker as the Doctor um with with our fun cast of Graham. Uh, crew, mainly headlined by Graham. 
who we talked about extensively. Go back and listen to Fish Fingers and Custard, the Doctor Who podcast we did last year. Oh, the year before last. Freaking yep. hell. There was a long break. I can't believe it's been over a year since it came out. Spyfall. What did you think? Of, well, it debuted with like a two-part. Uh, yeah, Spyfall. A two-part, ep- well, an ep- a story over two episodes, which they didn't do last season. Not on the third also, episode. Also, I want to note, they had a cold opens this season, which I appreciated. Clearly, they were listening to us. Um, Spyfall. Uh, but yeah, what did you think of Spy? What did you really think of Spyfall? Um, I, how spoilery are we going? Like, does it matter? Like, I mean, because <laughs> we're up to episode I mean, three of the season. You can look on the time codes. You can jump ahead if you want. Yeah. To the next segment. Obviously, right, we'll they that. brought we'll back. They they bring back a villain. A villain. I mean. I think and obviously that's a big part of it. Like it's, it's, it's impossible think. to talk about the two-parter without that. Yeah, but I definitely feel like that's. Well, well, I mean, that's, that's the biggest part. part in part yeah, there's one. two big part things two that this is does. Brings up something that's going to affect the series going forward, and also potentially what's happened. Like it's a big part of the Doctor. I mean, it's it's enough that when have you watched the third episode yet? Okay, so the third episode starts, and it's literally like with her her fam going. No, I haven't. Why are you so upset, Doctor? Yet. And she's like, "Oh no, I'm fine." And so it's, it's it's like that's going to be a running thing for the rest of the seasons. Like the Doctor's upset about what they do, like something that she sh- sees in the second part of Spyfall, obviously. So, um, but no, it was really good. It was lots of stuff happening, big epic twists, cliffhanger moments, you know, bring back villains, do this, do that, great performances. I really like the person they have the vil- have playing the villain. I thought he was quite good and obviously that's a big uh, hinge on what makes uh, this work and I'm looking forward to seeing more of him. Presumably by the time we get to the season finale, the last couple of episodes probably I'd presume. Um, good seeing. Graham steals the show a lot of the time. I really like Jodie Whittaker's Doctor, obviously, that was great. That was great. That was no, that was hilarious. The moment we get to it, he's like, "Don't make me Didn't do my double step foot," <laughs> something issues. like that. That was making me laugh. He's great. Um, he's great. He's got some great moments in the third episode when you <laughs> watch that one as well. Actually, um, but no, he's he's a champion. And once again, kind of like how I said it the the last season, it's like for any of the lesser, not the saying it's bad acting, but. For some of the like more average acting by um, the other two, Gr- Graham um, Bradley Walsh is just like he ties it all together. I think like with how with his performance because he gets he, he does the comedy stuff so well, but then he also does like the I'm the the heartwarming yep. father figure type thing that brings it all together well as well. So I I, I thought it was great. I think uh, I'd, I I. Obviously, yeah. I I don't want and I don't need Doctor Who to be a each episode picks up takes you know like a big long story. Doctor Who is vil- monster of the week for the most part with like an overarching story and like the season finale and opener is like the big story beat moments. I'm fine with that. So this was good, but we didn't have yeah. that last season. So like yeah, well, it didn't feel like we had that last season. Obviously, with the the opening and then the ending and like the way they all tied the last season together, it was like eh, this villain was meh. I didn't really get much out of it. The big thing they teased in the last 
season is brought up again this season. So I'm like, okay, is that are we going to get to that storyline this season? It seems like we, we are. Um, but it was good. I, I'm keen. I mean, I didn't hate we we didn't hate the last season. So you know, like lots of people hate the last season. We I don't feel like we were haters. So it was good. Yeah, yeah, I had a good time. I enjoyed it. Uh, I'm not. I didn't love like the alien villains that they got through the film, but they they served their purpose. They're fine. Um, I mean, it's it's cool time travel goodness. Um, but yeah, the 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 changes or the things they've set up this season that could potentially have huge ramifications going forward are interesting, uh, especially given the recent history and the right writing yep. certain things i guess they've rewritten things yeah looking forward to seeing the rest of the season of doctor who uh before we enter the netflix segment uh i just want to quickly touch on the golden globes obviously they happened during uh between last episode and this episode um didn't watch it dylan how'd you feel about ricky gervais no. coming back as fifth and hopefully didn't final time really didn't you didn't watch the, watch the golden globes didn't, I, don't, I don't care if it, like so I used to be such, such a big Ricky Gervais Wards fan. Like I, I, I had all these comedy specials on DVD. I'm now one of those people. That I'm like, I'm just sick of you, Ricky. Shut the fuck up. And then like I'm looking on Twitter and I'm seeing everyone like being like, oh, he said this. Don't be political. Little derp, derp, derp. Piss off. I was I was really glad. You know what made me happy when they announced literally after it was over that Tina Fey was hosting next year with Amy Poehler again. Okay, that made me happy. Tina Fey and Amy Polly, yeah. They're coming back. Uh, I mean, it was fine. I mean, it was Ricky Gervais being Ricky Gervais. Uh, some of the jokes were hit. Obviously, some of the, like... Yeah. Uh, the uh, Jeffrey Einstein and that kind of stuff. Like, the really, really dark stuff. But then, the, like, some of the mean-spirited stuff is like, yeah. Yeah. Especially last year when we had Andy Samberg and Sandra Oh. That was a fun... They're being positive and nice and that kind of thing. I didn't miss that, but yeah. Uh, big winners from the night. 1917, uh, yeah, drama picture, time, drama, so. and uh, best director for <laughs> Sam Mendes. Did, was that surprising to you? I, I, no one had seen it. No one had seen it. It hadn't even released in America yet. It was like the weirdest thing. So in hindsight, it's surprising in 1971? Uh, it wouldn't be my pick, but no. It, I mean, it's technically impressive, obviously, so... It's hard to argue about, I guess. And the other nominees were more I don't know, boring in a lot of ways. I guess. <laughs> not saying they're bad, but they're just not as like, 1917, look, no cuts. Oh, there's cuts, but they're hidden, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, I mean, other takeaways. Missing Link won Best Animated Feature. That was a, that was a big up- deal. That was a big surprising upset. Uh, Succession got a bunch of awards, uh, taking a Best Drama. Uh, Fleabag also took out a bunch of awards. Um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, picking up Best Musical Slash Comedy and Best uh, Screenplay and uh, Best Supporting Actor for Brad Pitt. So, good signs for them. Uh, Of course, Joaquin Phoenix picking up Best Actor in a Drama. Renee Zellweger picking up Best Actress in a Drama. Surprising. I haven't heard anyone talk about Judy. I I... On one of the podcasts I listened to, I heard someone early in the year raving about Judy, so 
I wasn't that surprised. I just think it went under the radar, obviously, at the theatre for a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, I was happy that Aquafina and uh, Taron Edgerton picked up awards. Uh, as I predicted, Laura Dern picked up Best Supporting Actress. Um, Elton John and Bernie Tilpin won for I'm Gonna Love Me Again for Best Original Song. First award they've won together, apparently. Uh, so that was cool. Uh, Joker picked up Best Original Score. Which I guess, mm. I mean, the score is pretty good, but I don't know if the best I don't, this year. Having just rewatched it, I think it it's overshadowed. It's too. I mean, that's a sound mixing thing, I guess. But like, it, it's just it's that kind of one repetitive piece for the most of it, and I don't think it's used in a good way. So I wouldn't have picked it. But yeah, okay. Uh, and then, uh. Tom Hanks obviously picked up the Cecil B. DeMille Award. He gave a great speech. Uh, Ellen DeGeneres won the... Uh, what's it called? The the TV equivalent. Oh, I feel terrible for not remembering what it's called. But they, she also gave a great speech. But yeah, overall, good night. It, enjoyable award ceremony that ultimately doesn't mean a hell of a lot because it's voted by a small group of people. In, but what are you going to do? I mean... No, cool speeches. It was a good time. Uh, just like the preview for the Academy Awards in a few weeks. Uh, of course, we're recording this before the nominations come out. We might be doing... We'll, we'll be definitely doing our predictions this year, so look forward to that. Uh, let's jump in to the mandatory Netflix segment of the show. Uh, coming out later today of day of release, Sex Education Season 2. I've got a review up at, C- at explosionnetwork.com. Gave it a 9 out of 10. I uh, said it is set the benchmark. I think I said it set the benchmark for the rest of the year or something along those lines. Uh, it's pretty fantastic. Uh, Dylan, what do you think of Sex Education Season 2? Loved it. Uh, I put Sex Education on my top 10 TV shows for 2019, obviously. And uh, as soon as I finished the second season, I was like, okay, well, I guess that's potentially in the exact same spot or maybe higher um, <laughs> come this year. I, I, It's like as good. I think it's better than the first season because obviously you're already introduced to a lot of these characters and you mm. just know their general storylines and the new characters they introduced are used well to like affect the characters we already know. You know, there's not a new character just introduced for the sake of it. Like the t- tutor girl that's introduced for the, uh, Mabe's ex-boyfriend like she gets an interesting story on top of also being integral to his story and the fact like you know what I mean like and then yep. also um what's oh, the new one the oh the uh, what's the what's Raheem? his best friends no what's the other the, uh, Eric his, what, Eric thank you yeah right Eric gets a love interest introduced in this new character as well and um, I wouldn't say they do heaps with that character story by the end of it, but like he's used, he's used fittingly, I guess. Like it's it makes sense what they do with him, but yeah. Um, but everything else is is great and super interesting, and they they do some somewhat darker storytelling this season as well, uh, compared to the first one, I would say, mm-hmm. with a lot of characters. Yeah, I think so. Um, they they do remove like the sex clinic storyline a fair bit this season it's not like a prominent thing that it was each in the first season where it felt like it it, it, it was kind of like a, a monster of the week thing there's there's a yeah. sex problem of the week that we need to figure yeah. out and help 
these people solve. That that isn't such a through line this season. It's a bit more interwoving storylines. Yeah. Um, especially with the introduction of like a new sex counselor at the school kind of. Um Yeah. Yeah, I think some of the side stories are really good, uh, especially the uh one with uh Amy that that runs through most of the season. I think it was handled. Yeah, so saying, well. that's that's a dark subject matter, obviously. So Yeah. They get yeah, it gets darker. Um I th- the other issue I had, I think there's some like cliche stuff that we've seen before, especially like in the last episode with like big proclamations and that kind of thing. But I think it's written so well that it kind of you can let that slide by the wayside and that kind of thing. I think Gillian uh, Anderson does Anderson? is amazing in this. I think she, especially in the last few episodes, uh, some of the best work she's ever done, arguably. No, all right, calm down. <laughs> look, look, she, she's great in it but best way i mean she's great in everything she's to admit in. to be fair i've barely watched any of the work so. mm, okay best thing you've what, yeah i i mean she she was one of the big things for the first season where i was like seeing gillian anderson in a show like this was amusing for the first or two, couple episodes to me and that was why i think i was when i first watched it last year i was like this is funny gillian anderson doing this like weird sort of show like this but then they take her character out of just the mum role, obviously in the second season, give her more to do. So she desolate. She gets to stretch her wings in interesting ways, I guess. Yeah. She, she was playing this kind of sort of stereotypical character in the first season. She didn't have a lot to work with. Yeah. She was like the strong female character, mum character, you know, but this mm. season she like gets some cracks in that. And like, becomes like a full-blown person but yeah uh, i enjoyed it i'm keen to see season three. the other thing they ended on a note that i'm like oh i've seen that a bunch of times that was really annoying that that thing yeah. happened <laughs> but yeah I, I agree that the ending is like cliche and i'm like fuck why do i have to wait a year to to see how this all wraps up but then i'm also like are we only doing three seasons of this potentially especially given how netflix only likes to do three seasons <laughs> mostly i mean maybe so. I, I can't imagine i don't know how much longer this as much as I love this show, I don't know how long, much longer it can run and how much I want it to run, I think. Yeah, I'd, I could... I mean, at the moment, I'm very happy for another season, but then it's like, okay, would I well, want another one after that? definitely at least another season. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, I also want to mention Connor Swindles, who does he plays the role of Adam. I think he does a fantastic job this season. They've written him in a way that... Uh, he was obviously a huge antagonist and a bad person in the first season, and I think they kind of redeemed in this season so i'm keen to see what he does in a season three Hmm. all right uh i also watched the second season of titans which dropped on netflix it's better than the first season it's still not a fantastic show i mean it's it's of that cw ilk i guess kind of uh except darker and with batman in it now um (laughs) they obviously added uh, I think I mentioned it in the first season, they ended on like a cliffhanger, but not like an intentional cliffhanger. They like shot episodes one till nine and they shot episode 10 and they held episode 10 back for season two. Um, so the premiere episode doesn't really work very well, I don't think. Uh, and I kind of, in hindsight, wish they had have just left it and this being the, that being the first ep- end of episode, end of season two. Oh, end of season one. That's where I went to say it. But um, yeah, I, I enjoyed the season. They added a bunch of new characters, uh, new Titans. They set up They set up in San Francisco. 
Bruce Wayne is in the season played by um, uh, Ian Glenn from Game of Thrones. He's really enjoyable. Uh, he never puts on like the Batman suit or anything, but he it's it's enjoyable seeing him his reaction interactions with uh, Dick Grayson that kind of thing. Uh, this Dick Grayson is nothing like the Dick Grayson from the comics. Is like dark, moody Dick Grayson, which isn't great, but I had a, it's enjoyable. It's more DC goodness. If you're into the CW shows, I feel like you'd like this. But if you're looking for something a little bit darker and a bit, they say fuck more. Um, <laughs> so. It's got that going for it. I they added oh, Superboy this season. I like Superboy. I, I like the actor they put for Superboy. I think it's enjoyable. Uh, he's he gets like a solo episode where they focus on him, and that was really that was one of the high points of the show. So, yeah, Titans. All right, so that's everything in our watch history. Uh, fuck, fuck yeah, there's a lot. <laughs> All right, so we're just going to go over some of the biggest uh, movies that are going to be coming out in 2020 put this list together i think these are most of the big big releases that we expect to make a, fit, a decent amount of money this year so let's jump into it first up 6th of february we've got birds of prey and the fantabulous emancipation of one harley quinn directed by kathy yan uh starring margot robbie mary elizabeth winstead journey smollett bell rosie perez uh christmas in lrj basco ali wong and ewan mcgregor after slitting with the Joker, Harley Quinn joins superheroes Black Canary, Huntress, and Renee Montoya to save a young girl from an evil crime lord, Black Mask, in Gotham City. Um, so the trailer, new trailer dropped for this pretty recently, and uh, I don't know, I think it looks pretty good. Uh, I've got my hopes up. There's also a big story going around. It's under two hours. People are going crazy one way or the other. Uh, but how do you guys feel about Birds of Prey? I think it's a bit of a mouthful of a title. Uh, I think it's just going to no, be cut gonna- down to Birds of Prey. Yeah, everyone's, everyone's going to call um, it Except on this Queen. podcast. Reminds me of that Dr. Strangelove movie title. But anyway, um, yeah. Um, if the reports are as good, I might go see it, but currently I don't really care. Um, I'm, I, I've liked the trailers, and I like the cast, and but I really hated Suicide Squad. <laughs> <laughs> so... And not only did I dislike Suicide Squad, I wasn't a big fan of Margot Robbie's version of Harley Quinn either. So <clears throat> I'm not like head over heels over this. I'll go watch it though. I'm most intrigued in seeing Ill McGregor, to be honest, as Black Mask. Because, yeah. because oh, he the, plays the, Black Mask. Okay. Yeah. The, yeah. The, the, you see him put on the mask briefly in the last trailer, but other than that, he's had the mask off, obviously. But in the trailers, there's like, in that first trailer, there's that one part where he's like, seems to be freaking out, like he's grabbing his face and all sorts of stuff. So it seems like throughout the movie, you'll see his like kind of descent into madness, I guess, before he puts on the mask, potentially forever kind of thing. Yeah, potentially. Which, yeah. So I, I, I'm intrigued to see him, but the Harley Quinn factor is probably the least interesting fact to me um i want to see Mir- uh, mary elizabeth weinstead as well because i'm a fan of hers so yeah she looks great uh, and this, Hun- so. yeah so huntress is cool as well so yeah i'm, I'm medium on it i'm, I'm medium on that all right next on the list sonic the hedgehog 13th of february directed by jeff fowler starring james marsden jim carrey and ben swartz voicing Sonic the Hedgehog, Sonic tries to navigate the complexities of life on Earth with his newfound best friend, a human named Tom Wachowski. They must soon join forces to defeat the evil Dr. Robotnik from capturing Sonic and using his powers for world domination. Um, I think this is going to be an interesting litmus test as to whether... Obviously, there was a big kerfuffle about how terrible the animation for Sonic or the design for Sonic in the original trailer they put out looked. Uh, Obviously, they spent a fair bit of money and made a lot of animators crunch to re 
uh, redo this. They delay the film a little bit, but um, which is fun because I listened back to our last year's anticipation, <laughs> and it was on this list. There's another film that was also was on that it? list. Yep. Uh, I was on a few, surely. But yeah, I'm I'm keen. I thought I I think we reacted to the initial trailer because it just dropped when we were after we we're doing something. Um, uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So, and we were keen to check it out, even when it looked terrible. So now that it looks better, I'm still probably going to go check it out. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to watch it. Do, am I like excited? Would I call myself excited for it? No, but I'm going to at least watch it. You know, that's how I feel about this movie. <laughs> I feel, <laughs> I, I feel obligated to watch it. Really. It's not something that I want to go out and see, but if it was available on a streaming platform, I'll definitely sit down and watch it. Do. If it fails, do you feel like people are going to be like, well, now studios are never going to listen to audiences ever again. They don't know what they want mm. anyway, and it doesn't really make a difference so- if they make it look good or not. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That'll be the lesson they take from this. Yeah. yeah. Don't give in to audience, <laughs> audience pressure because they don't ca- really care. Never going to make enough money to justify the... Trouble that they went through. I don't know. It looks pretty good. and Yeah, the trailer looks pretty entertaining. Baby Sonic looks pretty adorable. I mean, they made a mistake releasing that image before the first first of January. Why would you put your baby up against Baby Yoda in the same year? But whatever. Um, But yeah, that's coming. Valentine's Day. Well, just before Valentine's Day. Uh, Next on the list, A Quiet Place Part 2. Coming on the 19th of March, directed by John Skrzynski, starring Emily Blunt, Millicent Simmons, Noah Jupy, Cillian Murphy, and Jimon Honsu. Uh, the Abbott family must now face the terrors of the outside world as they fight for survival in silence. Forced to venture into the unknown, they realise that the creatures that hunt by sound are not the only threats that lurk beyond the sand path. Uh, obviously, this is a big horror movie. Uh, big success when it first came out. Um, what do you guys, are you guys keen for part two? Is part two really necessary? No, not in any way. It's not, not necessary I'm or s- not excited? It's, Both. it's, it, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna watch it no matter what. I'll go watch it for sure because I really like the first one, but I don't think it was necessary or needed or doesn't look super exciting. The, the trailer was okay, I guess. But in a lot of ways, it's just doing the very... I, I call the plot stereotypical. Like, for apocalyptic-type stuff, the whole, oh, the enemies are actually the humans! Oh! You know, like, that. of course, they, they do that in so many things, like Walking, Be- Walking Dead literally is... The whole thing about Walking Dead is just doing that. Like, the zombies aren't the biggest thing, it's the humans are actually the biggest problem, blah, 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 blah. Uh, so, I don't know. And the, the fact they called it Part 2, like, it was always planned to be, like, a several part thing <laughs> you know not just calling it the quiet part, calling it something else or whatever um i mean every movie does that really except like actual planned out ones i guess i mean they didn't well, call it godfather part one no nah. okay but there was books yeah it was based off of they had books, books there so they didn't just decide to make a sequel um i, I i'm a big fan of cillian murphy though so and can't He's believe you called out my... The Last of Us like this. Uh, yeah, I'm a bit, <laughs> I'm a bit, so I'm very keen to watch it for him. But other than that, I'm especially because the trailer opens with something that's set like the trailer opens with D Day, I guess, and I'm like, oh, 
do we have to do like flashback stuff to see how it started? Yeah. I, I kind of like the mystery of it all a bit more. Like I, I rewatched the original or the original. I rewatched the first one last week and rewatching it. I was like, oh, I like how like there's newspapers in the background when they're leaving the shop at the start that just like fill in little bits of information for how long this has been taking and, you know, w- what the monsters look like. You can see them on the newspaper before you actually see them in the movie if you pay attention. Like there was a lot of background storytelling. So now they have like flashback, like, oh, look what happened on the first day because we need a way to get John Krasinski's character back into the movie because spoilers, he dies in the first one. <laughs> I don't know. Just the very last shot in the first movie gives me no faith on anything they can do in this one. Well, you and I agree about that, and I think we talked about that when it yeah. originally released. And I still feel the same way having rewatched it because it just it's very hammy. But it, I mean, the movie's like ninety percent good. So, and just because it finishes on a very like "let's go kick some monster ass" <laughs> is silly. I'm hoping they tone it back <laughs> for the the second one. All right. Uh, on the 26th of March, we got Mulan, uh, the live-action adaptation of the Disney film that's going to be nothing like it, uh, directed by Nikki Caro, <laughs> starring Lee Yif- Yiffey, uh, Donnie Yen, Jason Lee, Scott Lee, Yusonan, Gong Lee, and Jet Lee to save her ailing father from serving in the Imperial Army. A fearless young woman disguises herself as a man to battle northern invaders in China. Um, I'm not super keen for this. I feel like... A lot. The thing that made the fir- the animated film interesting was like the songs and like the like mythical elements. Um, if I wanted to just hear the story of Milan, I could. I'm sure I could find some Chinese made uh, movie that would be more accurate. But yeah, my my worry for this is they've stripped away all of the stuff that made it a Disney movie. So now it just looks like an actual like kind of period historical piece, drama, historical yeah. drama. But because it's going to be a Disney movie trying to be a historical drama, it's not going to have the. I don't want to say like it has to be R rated and have like high levels of violence, but it's not. It's not going to tell an adult enough story to to do this because now that's what they're focusing on. They're yeah, focusing who is on this the very, aimed like, at? Is yeah, I don't understand. Other that's than like. Yeah. Asian people in general, just to, so they can see themselves on screen, and maybe, but then, yeah, who in between that, other than that, is this really for? But what year did Mulan come out? Because I feel like all the people that have grew up mid nineties, yeah, yeah. ninety five, I think ninety six, and something like that, probably. Yeah, and I don't think Mulan was really the one that was most beloved that made people go, "Oh fuck, I want to go see that one." I watched it a lot as a kid because it kind of came out at the right age, so. It, I think, like, by the time I was five, six, or whatever. 98. Okay, 98, yeah. So, by the time I was a little bit older, um, like, uh, by the time I was five, six, I was watching it quite a lot, I remember, because, like, it was one of the first VHSs I had. So, I've seen it a lot, and I'm not super keen for this as a fan (laughs) of the original. I'll go watch it, though, I think, because it's got, like, I like several people that are (laughs) in it. So, I mean, you got, especially Donnie Yen. I'm I'm a big Donnie Yen fan, but then you've got, obviously, Jet Li and, um, Seeing Jason Scott Lee in something as well is going to be interesting. I don't think he has a big role. Uh, and then Jimmy Wong as well. Mm. Uh, I want to see. I want to see him in a big blockbuster live action movie. Considering he comes from YouTube stardom, so that'll be uh, that'll be good. From what I recall, the trailer just drops this um, version. Just drops the whole hiding agenda thing, doesn't it? No, no, no it's, it, it's it. She's still pretending to be a man. Oh, okay. It was just yeah. like in a lot of the battle scenes, it just appeared like she was openly being a woman. I guess. No, so, I think they just I think have just long hair. Yeah, oh. I, I think it's because obviously the animated version they are able to like paint 
like animate it in a way so it's like I'm pretending to be a band now. Whereas yeah. this, they're trying to do it more realistically. So oh, it's okay. just like I don't know. Is that also loose. problematic this day and age? Um, I don't think so. Like it's just historical. Not as problematic yeah. as like the Asian stereotypes in in the animated yeah, film in yeah. the original one. So, which they've obviously got. I, I don't think there's anything problematic about telling a historical story where women weren't allowed in yeah. war, especially when the story is about the woman overcoming that and becoming yeah. a hero. I don't think, yeah. So, I, I guess I'm just surprised at the lack of uh, commentary on it. I guess I'll just if, they, wait. if they did a lot of the, there's still time. Yeah, if they did the Eddie <laughs> Murphy stuff from the original, uh, then there probably would have been because he did the very stereotypical dragon stuff or some of the more stereotypical character Asian stereotypes they had in it. So that would be controversial. <laughs> I, I guess that goes to show just how how much people care about it when there's no controversy about it. There, yeah. there was some slight controversy because the star, um, whatever her name is, uh, she went on social media and she was against the Hong Kong, Hong Kong. rights. Yeah, she was all pro-China or something. Yeah, she was pro-China. So that may have dug a potential hole with the film for a, a small group of people, but a, a big enough group of people won't watch it, I guess, because of her saying that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, next up, we have, on the 2nd of April, Onward, the new Pixar film directed by Dan Scanlon, uh, starring Tom Holland, Chris Pratt, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, Octavia Spencer, Ali Wong, Lena Waithe, and Mel Rodriguez. Two teenage elf boys, Ian and Barley Lightfoot, go on a journey to discover if there is still a little magic left out there in order to spend one last day with their father, who died when they were too young to remember them. Um, I'm keen for this. I think this looks really good. I, From what I've read about the film, it, it sounds interesting and it feels like it's going to be another one of those ones that hits you right in the feels, you know, like Pixar constantly does, but... I've been seeing a lot of trailers for this during the football playoffs, and I don't even quite understand what's going on. There's like a scene where they <laughs> reanimate a half of a body and then go on a road trip, and yeah, that's their dad. They're sort of monsters, or yeah, yeah I don't so know. they so they try and use a spell that to to bring their dad back, but it doesn't work properly. So then they get half his body. So then they go on a road trip to learn how to do the spell properly. So it's Full Metal Alchemist. <laughs> sure. <laughs> They've only got one uh, day to get him. Yeah, so. Yeah. I'm, I mean, it's a Pixar movie, so I'm going to watch it. But I, I'd say so far the trailers haven't, like, super grabbed me. Yeah. But I mean, I'm going to watch it no It's matter. the least pixar movie, like, looking, looks-wise, that I've in a while. It yeah, looks, looks more like, like a DreamWorks, DreamWorks movie. movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also coming out on the 2nd of April, and the other film that was meant to come out last year, The New Mutants. Directed by Josh Boone, starring Maisie Williams, Anya Taylor-Joy, Charlie Heaton, Alex Braga, Blue Hunt, and Henry Zaga, Magic Bull, Wolfsbane, and other Teenage Mutants try to come to grips with their superpowers while staying at a secret facility. So a tra- new trailer for this dropped. It Apparently, it's exactly the same movie they shot five, ten years ago uh, that they're finally releasing now. Um... But I think it? It, it still looks interesting. It's, it's still a new original take on like superhero-esque stuff because no one's done like a straight up horror-esque movie yet um and then i i think it's probably more a mistake within the d23 newsletter thing but apparently it's going to be part of the mcu yeah. oh now, is it so yeah well that's uh, i don't think d- so d- d23- I, I feel like they should have just canned it when they took it took it over mm. that I mean, well, they, we- they could have just dropped it on disney plus with all the other 
for all the other when they released all the other Fox movies. I think the Disney problem was once Disney took it over, people are just going to be confused. Like, is this part of it? Is it not? Like, why would I bother watching it if it's not? Like, yeah, I don't know. It, it, I don't know. It, it just seems problematic for me for Disney just to keep on with it. I mean, Logan's not canon, technically. No, but it's also not. That's before Disney. The, yeah, that's it's before that's the Disney. I, I'm I'm keen for this, to be honest. I've been keen for this since they announced it, and the, the latest trailer, I still thought it looked good. I think that the main reason I'm really intrigued is because it it is it it's different, and I don't even if I walk out of it being like a six out of ten, I'll still be like, they had at least a go. They, they had a go. <laughs> like at least it wasn't the same shit. Uh, I still haven't seen a trailer. So. Really? <laughs> okay. I know it looks good. Eighth uh, of April, no time to die. Directed by Carrie Fukunaga, uh, starring Daniel Craig, Ralph Fiennes, Naomi Watt-Harris, Ben Whishaw, Rory Kinnar, Jeffrey White, Leah Sado, Christoph Waltz, Rami Malek, Lashana Lynch, and Anna de Armas, recruited to rescue a kidnapped scientist, globetrotting spy James Bond finds himself hot on the trail of a mysterious villain who's armed with a dangerous new technology. Is anyone actually excited for this? I feel like Spectre kind of killed everybody's enthusiasm yeah. for James Bond. <laughs> I mean, I'll see it because it's James Bond, but yeah, I'm not excited for it. No, I'm not I'm not excited. I I I think James Bond is unless unless James Bond needs a really big reboot and needs to change what it's it is to be relevant and fun for me again, uh or else I don't really care about James Bond anymore to be honest, especially after Spectre. Where I was like what the fuck? Just, and I always bring up how that and Mission Impossible came out very close to one another. And I was like, Mission Impossible is the type of spy movie I would like to watch now. Not James Bond. I don't even know who James Bond is for anymore. Like, I'll see it because I grew up with it and I have a connection with it. But other than that, I don't see how it can draw in new audiences. I Well, do, um, they, yeah, I do they need to? It's only the older people who go to the cinema, so... But I think more and more people are becoming disenfranchised with it. They just don't care anymore. Yeah, well, I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I, I, <laughs> I don't know. But the, I remember. I remember that the the criticism I ever saw about Skyfall was all from people who reckoned it wasn't. It was too much not like Bond. So then they kind of swung the other way, and then people like me are like, "Well, this is." shit again <laughs> but then those people are like yes this is what i want boring typical bond shit skyfall was more like the older bonds than any of the other daniel craig ones it makes sense that yeah i don't know i'm not yeah. I, the only reason i have a slight slimmer of faith for it is because of the director i guess yeah i mean it's interesting it. to see him be doing a big project uh, yeah obviously from true detective and Maniac and Beast of the Southern Wild. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting. Uh, then 30th of April, another spy film, Black Widow, directed by Kate Shortland, uh, starring Scarlett Johansson, David Harbour, Florence Pugh, O.T. Fagbinell, and Rachel Weiss. At birth, the Black Widow, a.k.a. Natasha Romanov, is given to the KJB, which grooms her to become an its ultimate operative. When the USSR breaks up, the government tries to kill her as the action moves to present day in New York, where she is a freelance operative. I mean, it'll be interesting to see how the the audience reacts to this. 
because this really doesn't matter because spoilers for Avengers Endgame, Black Widow's dead. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't care about this movie, but I'm going to watch it for Rachel Wise and Florence Pugh. (laughs) That, That is my... That's my draw card. Right. I there. mean, they're not dead. They could come back. Yeah, that's true. They got potential in the future. Nick, are you going to see this? I'll probably see it, but I can't say I'm very enthusiastic about it. Like, they, they finally gave people what they've been calling for, and they still managed to fuck it up. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, well, honestly, they poor time. How, many, how many people are going to go see it, like, cursory fans of the MCU after seeing... Infinity or Endgame or whatever. I don't know. Prequel people like prequels, right? Still a Marvel movie. It's going to make money. I mean, it's one of the few. It's. I can't remember off the top of my head what else is on this list, but it's like one of the known Marvel movies with an actual big, like established character. So yeah. don't we only get two this year? Uh, let me double check. Isn't the it list. this and that other space I- thing? I don't think it's going to be... I think it's going to be a middling yep. Marvel only movie in, ten, in terms of um, financial success. I, I still think it'll do... It won't do gangbusters, but I, I think it'll do a respectable... Do you think it does amount. better than Captain Marvel? No. No. Captain Marvel... No. Captain Marvel is a bigger character. She's, she's actually quite a well-popular comic book. You know, like if you look at sales wise, yeah. her comic book does really well. And also, for people who don't care about that stuff, she, her movie was prologue to Endgame, basically. Yeah, that's true. That was the biggest thing that drove people to go see it. Yeah. Black Widow's just not quite the next section of Marvel movies. It's just like this middle. This it's it's kind one. of, it kind of feels like filler. Yeah. Whereas Spider Man was the epilogue. This is filler, and then it the, the it officially kicks off at the end of the year when we get the space movie, whatever that's called again, which I keep forgetting. In here, no, that's we'll different. get to it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Angelina Jolie, whatever. Yep. Twenty uh, first of May, Fast and Furious Nine. Haven't got a title yet. Directed by Justin yeah. Lin, starring Vin Diesel, Michelle Rodriguez, Jordana Brewster, Tyrese Gibson, Chris Ludacris Bridges, <laughs> Natalie Emmanuel. John Cena, Helen Mirren, Charlize Theron, and Michael Rooker. Car things happens. It's actually about family. Hashtag justice for Han. Hashtag it was an accident. Uh, Dylan, why, why should people care about Fast and Furious 9? I mean, if you don't care about Fast and Furious by now, you obviously don't care about 9, so just let people enjoy it. Shut the fuck up. Uh, but I'm ex- see, let me put, I wasn't a big fan of the last one. I gave it like a 6, I think, in my review or whatever. But Fast and Furious, as we should all know, if you know me, is my one franchise. I don't care if the last movie was a fucking six. I wouldn't have cared if it's a five. I'm going to be excited about this because it can never hurt me as much as Star Wars hurt me. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, nothing can hurt you as much as that now, I guess. Uh, No, I'm excited. I, I, I like Fast and Furious. Yeah, it's fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think this... It'll be interesting to see, like, my numbers-wise, what it does, because obviously 8 did very well. Whether the spin-off affects the numbers box office no, We got Justin Lin back. We got Justin that, Lin That back? is a big... Shit's going to go off. Yeah. It'll be interesting. Nick, no interest in the cars and the, the driving nope. and the family? Cool. Nope. 
Fourth of June, Wonder Woman 1984, directed by Patty Jenkins, starring Gal Gadot, uh, Chris Pine, Kristen Wiig, Pedro Pascal, Robin Wright, and Connie Nielsen. Wonder Woman squares off against the Cheetah, a villainess who possesses superhuman strength and agility. Um, this looks really good. I'm keen to, for it to come out. It it looks like it's going to be, it might be the biggest movie of the summer. Uh, of the American summer, anyway. Um, but yeah. The trailers were seen. The trailer we've seen so far looks good. More Wonder Woman eighties with it. The the and Chris Pine's back somehow. That'll be fun to explore. And uh, Pedro Pascal looks really good in this as well. So yeah, I, I'm I'm most excited about Pedro Pascal as um, Max Lord, just because he looks like he's playing it like su- the the super like eighties TV car salesman type thing, and I love everything about it. But I mean, I really like the first one. So, yeah, this should be good. This should be good. Although, I've got to say, with the trailers, it's very confusing. To, like, the synopsis is like, oh, the, the baddie villain cheetah. Yeah. Trailer doesn't tell you that. In fact, the trailer only ever shows you Christian Wig just before she, I guess, transforms or cheaters. <laughs> However, they're going to do, before like, how cheating. hammy they're yeah. going to go with that. Yeah, like, how, how fantasy like are they going to go with that in this movie? I don't know. But um, it, it, it sets up. Pedro Pascal is the main villain, which yeah. I, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I would prefer him to be the main villain, and then like, Wonder Woman, Christian Wig, battle for a while because in the in the comics those two have like a swingy type relationship. You know, Cheat is the bad guy, but yeah. then they're like they're friends. They hate each other. They're friends. So maybe like they fight for a bit, but then they team up to. She's like the Catwoman to Batman. Yeah, basically. Yeah. yeah. But, but no, I'm, I'm very keen. I, I really like the first Wonder Woman, so... And the trailer for this was fucking awesome, especially with the song and everything, so... Yeah. Okay. Uh, I really like the music in the trailer. I've still yet to see Wonder Woman 1. It's what? in the library. It's about World War. But, yeah, I know. <laughs> but I just haven't gotten around to watching it yet. All right. Uh, 18th of June, we get the other Pixar film coming out this year. Soul... Directed by Pete Doctor, uh, starring Jamie Foxx, Tina Fey, Questlove, Priscilla Rashad, and Dubby Diggs. A musician who has lost his passion for music is transported out of his body and must find his way back with the help of an infant soul learning about herself. I'm I'm really keen for this. I think it's going to be really interesting and unique. And uh, it definitely sounds like a spiritual successor to Inside Out, which was a, a great Pixar film. So This is my Pixar pick. I'd, I'd much prefer this over uh, Homebound or whatever the fuck it's called. Outward. Out, outbound. Onward. <laughs> Onward. <laughs> whatever. Uh, no, I, I, I think this one looks way more interesting. And this this one looks more Pixar-y. Like plot-wise, character-wise, animation-wise, everything, yeah. it just seems more Pixar-y. Nick, do you know anything about this? <laughs> nope. nope. Not on my radar at Not all. On. <laughs> yeah. Damn cartoons, get them on my front lawn. Uh, the interesting thing about this is seeing people have a slight negative reaction to like, oh, it's black people, but they suddenly transformed into weird blob things. That's a weird was thing. Was that a thing? That was a uh, thing. Miss- well, at least I saw it on Twitter, yeah. I miss that Twitter. I, it, maybe not film Twitter, but like normal people. Outrage <laughs> Twitter. Uh, that, that didn't cross my mind, but there you go. Yeah. 25th of June, Top Gun Maverick. Directed by Joseph Kosinski, uh, starring Tom Cruise, Miles Teller, Jennifer Connelly, John Hamm, Glenn Powell, 
Lewis Pullman, Ed Harris and Val Kilmer. After more than 30 years of service as one of the Navy's top aviators, Pete Mitchell is where he belongs, pushing the envelope as a courageous test pilot and dodging the advancement in rank that would ground him. Uh, I haven't seen Top Gun, but it looks like Top Gun. You know, they're, they're in a bar, they're flying planes, that, 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 there's volleyball. They're not flying planes in the bar, however. <laughs> Those um, two things we, are separate. Well, Nick will be the most excited. So I'll say, I, I've seen Top Gun several times. I think it's boring. I'm not a fan of it. I'm very keen to watch this, though, because um, of the way they're shooting it and then, like how they're getting all the real footage. That that excites me a lot. Um the um just I just really those sh- <laughs> Tom Cruise I can't like when I think about him doing this movie he's like okay we'll just fly all the fly all the planes yourself Tom Cruise don't die I'm really worried if he just dies in Mission Impossible Ten because they're filming them back to back and I'm worried if in Mission Impossible Ten one of the stunts is he just dies you know that's what they're doing back to back they're like he keeps just higher and higher and higher he's like running out of things to push the envelope with, I think. But anyway, yeah, I'm keen to All see All right, him. Tom, the next stunt is to renounce Scientology. <laughs> he's like... <laughs> no, he's not that crazy. <laughs> <laughs> not that far. What do you think, Nick? Uh, yeah, I'm definitely going to go see it. It'll probably be one I go see on my own because Stacey hates Tom Cruise, but yeah, I'm extremely excited for this. Okay, good. Got one, finally. Uh, 2nd of July, Ghostbusters Afterlife. Uh, being directed by Jason Reitman, starring McKenna Grace, Finn Harwood, Carrie Coon, Paul Rudd, Logan Kim, and Celeste O'Connor, with Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, Ernie Hudson, Sigourney Weaver, and Annie Potts returning. When a single mother and her two children move to a new town, they soon discover that, that they have a connection to the original Ghostbusters and their grandfather's secret legacy. Uh, I, I like the look of this trailer. Um, obviously, it's clear that they're somehow related to Egon or something like that, but uh, 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 it's interesting the the world they're setting up. I remember it sounds like yeah, it sounds like something I heard a pitch ages ago about a world in which Ghostbusters were a big thing and then they sort of dissipated and then that's the world yeah. the movie would have been set in and it sounds like that's the direction they go in this. So. It's like a, they become a myth or something. Yeah. So you guys keen for Ghostbusters Afterlife? Um... I want to see more. I want to see another trailer because that first one with just the kids didn't really do it for me, but I want to see another one to see how they integrate, I guess, the older cast into it. As one of 10 people who actually liked (laughs) the remake, um, or the reboot, sorry, um, this, I, I mean, it looks fine to me, but it rubs me the wrong way simply because I know what the internet storyline's going to be when it releases, especially if it is actually very good. Like, if, if this movie's very good, then the story then becomes, eh, should have done this all the time, that other movie, fuck them. You know, like, you, you know, that's where the fucking fanboys bullshit's going to go. So I'm not really looking forward to that, especially because those people, I still see people tweeting at them. Like, at Paul Rudd, look, this looks better than you. Like, in response to the trailer on Twitter, I'm like, get the fuck over it. Not Paul Rudd, Paul Feig. Paul Feig, sorry. <laughs> But yeah, it'd be it'd be interesting if there's like a mention or something to that iteration of the film. Like, well, I ain't gonna mention off. that. It's fucking <laughs> a hot lava. Mm. It doesn't make sense in the world either that they become this mythical I mean, type thing. But then there's a 
modern day variant running around. Yeah, no. Old parallel lives. Um, on the 2nd of July, we get Free Guy, directed by Sean Levy, starring Ryan Reynolds, Jodie Comer, Joe Keery, Little Ray Howery, Utkash Abdukar, and Taika Waititi. A bank teller called Guy realizes he is a background character in an open world video game called Free City that will soon go offline. Um, is this going to be good or this is going to be Pixels 2? It's Wreck-It Ralph. I mean, it kind of is. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm definitely getting Pixels vibe from, vibes from it, but the fact that Ryan Reynolds is involved kind of makes me want to go see it. And Taika Waititi, if that's easy. Yep. You got it. Um, Them two like working the together for the first time ever. For the first time ever, yeah. Um, I didn't like the trailer. I'm not super hot on the premise. I don't know how that works out in the movie. The trailer didn't really sell me on it, working as a movie. Meh. I don't know. I, I don't really care for yeah. it, to be honest. Yeah, I think the marketing is going to be what pushes this film more than potentially the quality of the film. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. On the 16th of July, we get Tenet. Uh, directed by Christopher yeah, Nolan. Don't know if you heard him before. Uh, stars John David Washington, Robert Pattinson, Elizabeth Debicki, Dimple Kapadia, Michael Caine, and Kenneth Branagh. An action epic revolving around international espionage, time travel, and evolution. Let me let me break this down for you. Watch the trailer. No fucking clue what's going on. Top ten movies of twenty twenty. <laughs> I mean, it's accurate. I, I can't can't dispute that at all. Yeah, I I mean, I'll watch anything that Nolan does. It's like no, I don't even need a trailer. Nolan's done a movie. All right, when can I watch it? Cool. That's all I need to know. I I I'm really keen that he's doing like uh with uh David uh uh John David Washington. Sorry, John David Washington as the the lead. I think that's really interesting. I think he's like a somewhat up and coming actor. Like he's in a lot of smaller movies. And people love him as an actor, but this could potentially be his breakout, more mainstreamy type role, I guess. So that's interesting. Uh, but other than that, yeah, I watched the trailer. No fucking clue what's going on. Don't don't really care. I don't even need another trailer. I'm, I just want to watch it. I don't care. I don't need to understand what's going on. I'm happy to learn that in the movie. Would you have gone to see? <laughs> no, what was it? What was it showing in front of? Was it Rise of Skywalker? Or was it the? No, Joker? They were showing the, like, prologue prologue to the film? To something really? in front of something? Yeah. What? It's the first I've heard of it. He does that for his movie, so it wouldn't surprise me. I thought it was only an American thing anyway. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was only the America thing. Mm. If I had a choice, yes, I would have gone and watched it for the thing. <laughs> they did it with- He's been doing it since, like, it Dark It was in Night. front of Rise of Skywalker. Would you have gone okay, to see well- Rise of Skywalker again to see- <laughs> Look, if, they bring, if, they, if you tell me tomorrow, Dylan, your local cinema is going to play the prologue for this, you have to pay $12 to watch Rise of Skywalker. Maybe. Yeah, you have to sit through the whole thing, though. Nah. <laughs> 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 Nick, are you excited for Tenet? Extremely. Yeah. I think I, I think Christopher Nolan's currently the biggest director in the world. Is that is that fair assessment? Like, anything Whoa, he does is, like... <laughs> Um, no, you're probably right. I mean, he's arguably got a blank check every single movie from here till he fails. And he hasn't failed yet, so. Mm, I was trying to think of those. No, yeah, you're probably right. 
Cool. He hits a he hits a good he hits a good mix, but like his movies have now hit like like mainstream ish, but like he's still like he's loved by mainstream cinema girls and also film like, critics, cinema, yeah, film critics and stuff. So he's he's hit the perfect market point where everyone just wants to watch his movies, and he makes money, and he gets lots of money to make money. So yeah, the best thing is about it is that his movies are seldom ever safe. You always just get something original. And even if you're like, oh, because a lot of people, I like Interstellar. I don't think it's like his best movie, but I like Interstellar. But even if he went in, you're like, oh, that's probably one of his worst. He's still going to tell me that it's a bad movie. It's not a bad movie. You could be like, oh, it's it's not one of my favorite Christopher Nolan movies. Sure. But it's not a bad movie. You know, like as far as I'm concerned, he's never made a bad movie. In my opinion. Yeah. All right. On the 23rd of July, Jungle Cruise... Directed by Juwami Colette Sarah, starring Dwayne Johnson, Emily Blunt, Edgar Ramirez, Jack Whitehall, and Jesse Plemons and Paul Giamatti. Set during the early 20th century, a riverboat captain named Frank takes a scientist and her brother on a mission to uh, into a jungle to find the Tree of Life, which is believed to possess healing powers. All the while, the trio must fight against dangerous wild animals and the competing German expedition. Can you really believe it's been years since we've had a Disney ride adaptation? It's crazy. They're going to run out eventually. I mean, no, they just keep inventing rides, I guess. No, probably they will they run out making, because they, they keep, keep making, they keep rides, making rides, on, but they're based on stuff. Yeah, they're not original rides. They stop. So, yeah. okay. Um, I, I don't really care for this. If I watch it is depending on if there's anything else happening. And if I like, if there's nothing else on, I want to go to the cinema. I'll watch it. If it's a, if, if there's lots else happening, then I don't really care for it. I'll wait. I'll watch it on Netflix or something. Probably. Yeah. Nick. Did you even know this was nope. a thing? Yeah, I did. Okay. I don't know. I think it'll be your test of the Rock's box office pull. It's going to make heaps of money. Yeah. If he can make a amputee skyscraper movie, he can um, he can pull in money for this. <laughs> uh, 30th of July, we have Morbius, directed by Daniel Espinosa, uh, starring Chad Leto, Adria Arjano, Matt Smith, Jared Harris and Tyrese Gibson, biochemist Michael Morbius, tries to cure himself of a rare blood disease, but he inadvertently infects himself with a form of vampirism instead. Um, I didn't think Venom was a good idea, but that made a buttload of money. Um, So I expect this to make a buttload of money. No, I don't think this is going to make a buttload of money. I don't think it's going to be good either. So I think you're wrong. It will. until but Leto, I'm going to reserve judge, even even more judgment until we see something. Jared Leto but, literally has a cult. Other than that one steel image we released the other day, but yeah, I don't care for it though. No, I I no. don't see any Sony Marvel movies, so I don't have faith in it. Hmm. All right. On the 17th of September, we get The King's Man, uh, directed by Michael <laughs> Vaughan, Matthew Vaughn, starring Ralph Fiennes, Gemma Arthur. Arthurton, uh, Reese Iffens, Matthew Good, Tom Hollander, Harris Dixon, Daniel Brühl, Jumon Hunsu, and Charles Dance. One man must race against time to stop the world. History's worst tyrants and criminal masterminds as they get together to plot a war that could wipe out millions of people and destroy humanity. Um, I'm keen for this. I think it looks good. I'm, I, I love that Kingsman world, uh, even though it's only like two movies so far, but, uh, yeah, I'm pretty keen for this. I think Ralph Hines looks good, and like the cast looks pretty good. And Matthew Vaughn is uh, 
a good director in my opinion. Yeah, I wasn't a big fan of the second one, but I like Matthew Vaughn's style. Like, I like the way he makes action movies, so I'll go watch it. I like I like the Kinsman universe. I just wasn't a big fan of the second one. But I think of this one, they're dialing it back all the way to be a prequel thing, so it's like kind yeah. of freshish, refresh it a bit. So yeah, oh, I'm keen. Nick, feelings? Yeah, I'm excited to see it. I didn't even see the second Kingsman, but I'm excited to see it go backwards into the history. Um, that makes sense. That that's that checks out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> on the 29th of October, we get the other Marvel mil- film of 2020, The Eternals. It's called The Eternals, Dylan. What was the release uh, date you just said? What? What was the release date? I missed it. When's it coming? 29th of October. Oh, okay. okay. I thought you said Yeah. Directed by Chloe Zhao, starring Angelina Jolie, Richard Madden, Kamal Nunjani, Lauren Ridloff, uh, Brian Tyree Henry, Selma Hayek, Liam McHugh, Don Lee, Barry Cohen, Gemma Chan, and Kit Harrington, the saga of the Eternals, a race of immortal beings who lived on Earth, and it shaped its history and civilizations. I have no clue what we're going to get, and that it, I guess, is kind of exciting. That they're going to put all this money into a property that I know barely anything about with a huge, massive cast. Um, that I think it could be interesting. Uh, there's not a lot to about, go on. <laughs> every time I hear about this movie, it just makes me wish they didn't fuck up the immortals. The Inhumans? The Inhumans, that's it. Yeah. With Black Bolt and Lockjaw and Medusa and all that. But yeah. I'll go say it. It's a Marvel movie, but. I'm reserving judgment, I guess. I have no idea what it's about, but, you know, I feel like this is going to make lots of money and <laughs> that's a, that's the stock standard, but I'm not excited because I don't know what the hell it's about. And then I'm also like, this is part. This is the first chapter in the new whatever we're going to call the next Marvel saga, so I just kind of wish we had more, like, of an idea. Like, this movie better set up something. I'm not saying it has to like set up the next big bad straight away, but it better like kind of set a sort of direction for the next mm. ten years or something. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I, I guess it's hard to do Iron Man over again because it was unprecedented. Then where now everybody will be expecting I guess. something. I just don't yeah. want to walk out and be like, "Oh, that felt like a Marvel movie." That like that could that's just another Marvel movie. I, I want to kind of walk out and be like, "Okay, things are changing. Let's go." One. Yeah, like, he, he, let's. This shit's gonna. I want to walk out actually feeling like they could do another 10 years, not like this shit ain't gonna. People are gonna get sick of this in five years. Yeah, I don't know. So. The Silver Surfer shows up. Got him. I mean, that'd be great. I mean, yeah, they accidentally create the Fantastic Four. That would be pretty cool. Um, in October, I haven't got a specific date, Halloween Kills comes out. Um,. Director Dave, directed by David Gordon Green, starring Jamie Lee Curtis, Judy Greer, Andy Matchkak, Anthony Michael Hall, Kyle Richards, Dylan Arnolds, Charles Cyphers, Nancy Stevens, Nick Castle, and James Jude Courtney. The saga of the Michaels, Michael Myers and Laurie Strode continues in the next thrilling chapter of the Halloween series. Uh, Nick, did you see the recent Halloween movie? I can't remember if you did. I did not. No. So, Dylan, how do you- I've only seen the Rod Zombie ones. Yeah. Dylan, are you um, excited for the kills? I, I liked the last one. Uh, I think the, the reason I'm more excited for this one is knowing that they shot this and the next one at the same time. So it's like, so I'm going to go into it 
knowing that there's some sort of story happening, like a planned thing, you know, not like, oh, and he lives again. Can't wait for the next movie to come. <clears throat> like, that's always how it works. So knowing that there's like a two movie structure that they wrote them at the same time and they made them back to back and like going into all that, that intrigues me, especially for this type of movie, a horror movie, a, a Halloween movie, knowing that there's some sort of structure going to what they're going to do with the story. And then they've said apparently after the next one, the third one in this, whatever you call this thing, they're like, well, that's it. That's all we want to do. So I'm like, okay, I'm intrigued. Let's see how we go. And that comes out next year, I think, 2021, I believe. So Yes. Yeah. Uh, 26th November, Godzilla vs. Kong, directed by Adam Wigard, starring Alexander Skarsgård, Millie Bobby Brown, Rebecca Hall, Brian Tyree, Henry. Um, fearsome monsters, Godzilla and King Kong, square off in an epic battle for the ages while humanity looks to wipe out both of the creatures and take back the planet once and for all. Um, I didn't get around to seeing Godzilla, King of Monsters. I'm disappointed looking at this cast that there's no, none, barely anyone, I don't think anyone from the Kong cast, which I, I, mean, I would argue is the better of all the the most recent Kong, one of these films. Kong was set in the 80s or late That's 70s. That's true. That so, is true. <laughs> you could stick some makeup on Tom Hiddleston. Yeah. They would have to age them up quite a yeah, bit yeah. to make that work. Um, I wasn't a big fan of Godzilla 2. And that leaves me with little faith for this, considering it's the same director and team and everything. I'll probably watch it anyway, I guess, because it's like the big event one and I've, I've watched all of, of the ones in cinema but in my opinion these have just gone downhill one by one like i really liked gareth edwards godzilla yeah. i thought that was really 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 good and then king kong was there eh. godzilla 2 was meh <laughs> so <laughs> yeah i'll see how this goes nick feelings thank you okay 26th <laughs> of december we get west side story directed by steven spielberg starring ansel elgort Corey stahl rachel zergula uh, Anna Isabel, uh, two teenagers with dif- different ethnic backgrounds fall in love in 1950s New York City. Uh, is this going to be successful or is this going to be cats repeated? This is going to make a lot of money. I, I'd, I'd put a bet on it. This will make a lot of money and potentially get a lot of award season buzz. Mm. Has Spielberg done a musical? I don't think so. Not, no, I don't I'm thinking think so. Of, no. I think of Jersey Boys. That was Clint Eastwood. So no. Yeah, yeah, that was. Yeah, no, I don't think he has. So yeah, but I mean, at its heart, it's still a period piece drama. Yeah. So just with dancing uh, and songs. So yeah, I, I have faith. I, I think this will actually do really, really well and be a surprise thing. Yeah. Yeah. Nick, don't care. Um, it's a thing, I guess. Cool. Uh, also out 26th of December, June, or Dune, Dune, that's the correct it's pronunciation. Dune. It's not June, it's literally spelled D-U-N-E. Not J-U-N-E. <laughs> <laughs> June or Dune, I guess. It's Dune, for fuck's sake. Dune. <laughs> it's D-U-N-E. Uh, directed by Dennis Hillary. I guess. <laughs> I guess, I guess. I guess I'll say it how it's spelled. <laughs> Sure thing, YOLO. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Look, that's direct- that's a that's a that's a speech impediment uh, <laughs> issue. This is this is direct. 
this is a, uh, abusing the, the English language is hard. <laughs> Moving on. Directed by Dennis Villeneuve, starring Timothy Chalamet, Rebecca Ferguson, Oscar Isaac, Josh Brolin, Stellan Skarsgård, Dave Bautista, Zendaya, uh, Jason Momoa, and Javier Bardem. Paul Andretti's leads nomadic tribes in a battle to cross the control the desert planet Arrakis. I don't know if you can tell from... <laughs> it's Arrakis and it's Paul Atreides. I, I don't know if you can tell from that this reading of this entire movie. I haven't watched or read Dune before. Uh, but Dylan, Dennis Villeneuve is a director that I need to see more of his content, so I'm going to be seeing this. And the cast is awesome. Um, so, yeah. How do you two feel about Dune? Give me all that spice. I'm going to become a Freeman. <laughs> Um, I, I want this to be my best movie of 2020. Like, if I, if I might, like, and by that I mean, I have really high hopes for it, and I hope it's as good as I want them to be, and I hope I can walk away at the end of the year being like, that was my favourite movie, or one of the best movies. I have a lot of faith, and I have a lot of high hopes. And I'm not a big Dune guy, I tried watching the original, I thought it was shit. So... Paul Lynch. Yeah, Paul Lynch. Um, I mean, there's a whole story there, but I've watched a documentary on it. It was more interesting than the, the actual movie itself. But, I mean, the cast, the director, no one's made Dune successful in a movie yet, like, officially. They've tried to do it many other times since Lynch. You know, like, so many, like, oh, we'll do this, it fails, we'll do this, it fails, falls apart, falls apart, falls apart. So, I'm, I'm very, very keen. All right. Uh, there's some other movies I want to talk about, but I, think, I figured we just do a segment that we've done before called... Would you want to invest? I'll give you a description, a bit of information about the film, and you'd let me know, would you want to fully invest, partially invest, or not invest? Uh, so let's hit up with an... For whatever reason, could be commercial, could be critical. Uh, but let's kick it off with The Lighthouse, coming out on 6th of February, directed by Robert Eggers, starring William Defoe and Robert Pattinson. Two lightkeepers try to maintain their sanity while living on a remote and mysterious New England island in the 1890s. Would you want to invest? Full yes. invest. Yeah, uh, that was an easy one because I'm pretty sure it's going. It Willem Dafoe might be up for an Oscar. So, speaking of when does it come out here? Sixth of February, like I just said, uh, <laughs> coming out on twelfth of February to Netflix to all the boys. P.S. I love you, uh, starring Lana Full Condor, No Sorrento, <laughs> La- Lara Jean, and Peter have taken their relationship from pretend to officially official when another recipient of one of their love letters enters the picture. Dylan fully invests. Nick, how do you feel about PS? I love you to all the boys. I'll invest purely on it. Sounds like it'll be successful. All right. Good. Smart banking. Smart banking. Uh, 27th (laughs) of February, we're getting The Invisible Man, directed by Lee Wennells, who uh, previously did Upgrade. The Wennell. big factor in Wennell. Fucking words. Uh, Stars Elizabeth Moss. (laughs) Uh, when Celia's, abus- <laughs> Celia's abusive ex takes his own life and leaves her his fortune, she suspects his death was a hoax. As a series of coincidences turn lethal, Cecilia works to prove that she is being hunted by someone no one can see. Uh, Dylan, do you want to invest? Full invest. Yes, I'll invest because I really enjoyed the old... Yes, 100%. 110%. 5th of March, we get Downhill, directed by Nat Faxon and Jim Rash, who did Way, Way Back, uh, starring Julia Louis-Dreyfus and Will Ferrell. After being scarred by an avalanche during a family ski vacation in the Alps, a married couple is thrown in disarray as they are forced to reevaluate their lives and how they feel about each other. 
based on a, a film nah. called Force Majeure, which is a big comedic hit. No. No. No, I'll go no. Nick. Yeah, no, it doesn't, no, it doesn't particularly interest me. All right. Uh, 12th of March, we get Bloodshot, directed by David Wilson, starring Vin Diesel. Uh, after he and his wife are murdered, Marine Ray Garrison is resurrected by a team of scientists enhanced with nanotechnology. He becomes a superhuman biotech killing machine, Bloodshot. Nah. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'd invest. Uh, 12th of March, we get Queen and Slim, directed by Melina Matoskis, uh, starring Daniel Kluwer and Jodie Turner-Smith. Uh, Slim and Queen's first date takes an unexpected turn when a policeman pulls him over for a minor traffic violation. When the situation escalates, Slim takes the officer's gun and shoots him in self-defense. Uh, when a video of the incident goes viral, the unwitting outlaws soon become a symbol of trauma, terror, grief, and pain for people all across the country. Invest. Yeah, I'd invest. Uh, 26th of March, we get Personal History of David Copperfield, directed by Armando Inucci. Uh, the life of David Copperfield from childhood to maturity with his own adventures in the web of friends and enemies he meets along the way, starring Dev Patel, Peter Cliff, Paldi, uh, Hugh Laurie. Imano Inucci from In the Loop, Invest. Death of Stalin, and Veep. <laughs> Magic words. Invest. Yeah, in- invest solely because of the talent. Uh, 25th of June, we get In the Heights. Uh, starring Anthony Ramos, uh, Corey Hawkins, uh, Stephanie Beatrice, and Jimmy Smith. A feature version of the Broadway musical in which a bodega owner has mixed feelings after closing his store and retiring to the Dominican Republic after inheriting his grandmother's fortune, directed by John Chu from Crazy Rich Agents. No. Invest! So you're going to invest in In the Heights? Sure. <laughs> sure. Uh, 20th of August, Bill and Ted Face the Music, directed by Dean Parasots, uh, starring Keanu Reeves and Alex Winter. Now enjoying the monotony of middle-aged life, Will Bill S. Preston, Esquire, and Theodore Ted Logan are warned by a visitor from the future of the need for them to create a song that will save all of Earth and the entire universe, the pair work with their families, old friends and famous musicians, and each other to complete the task. Invest. Invest. Cool. Excellent. Excellent. Probably should watch this this year. Uh, 3rd of September, Monster Hunter, directed by Paul W.S. Anderson, starring Mila Djokovic and Tony Jaa. Behind our world, there's a world of dangerous and powerful monsters that rule their domain in deadly ferocity when Lieutenant Artemis Mila Djokovic and her loyal soldiers are transported from our world to the new world, the unflappable lieutenant receives the shock of her life in a desperate battle to for survival against enormous enemies with the incredible powers and unstoppable terrifying attacks. Artemis will team up with the mysterious man who has found a way to fight back. Is this one based off the game? Yes. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, Steal my money. No. Well clear of this one. <laughs> yeah, I'm not investing. All right. Uh, 17th of September, Last Night in Soho, directed by Edgar Wright, starring Thomason McKenzie, Anna Taylor-Joy, Matt Smith, uh, Diana Rigg, and Terence Stamp. A young girl passionate in fashion design is mysteriously able to enter the 1960s where she encounters her idol, a dazzling wannabe singer. But 1960s London is not what it seems, and time seems to fall apart with shady consequences. No investment for me. What the fuck is the Edgar Wright movie? Oh, yes, invest. (laughs) 
God. <laughs> Amazing what two words can do, huh? <laughs> Ash is like, I'll have to do some editing of this episode. I'll have to chop some bits around. <laughs> no. No, I'm keeping that like exactly the way it was. Uh, Without Remorse comes out 17th of September, directed by Stefano Lima, starring Michael B. Jordan, jo- Jamie Bell, Jody Turner-Smith. Uh, John Clark, a US Navy SEAL, goes on a path of vengeance to solve his wife's murder, only to find himself inside of a larger conspiracy. So this is the film that's going to kick off this Tom Clancy film universe. No. Nah. All right. 24th of September, 24th, (laughs) yeah, another dark universe, Uh, 24th of September, The Many Saints of Newark, directed by Alan Taylor, starring Alessandro Nimvilla, John Berthol, Vera Farmiga, Corey Stoll, Billy Magnuson, Joey Diaz, Michael Gandolfini, and Ray Liotta, a look at the formative years of the New York, New Jersey gangster, Tony Soprano. Fully invest. Nick? Yeah, I, this is tough. <laughs> he's, he's like, i got, got to give him a minute, guys. I gotta... No, I don't invest. Ooh, you, you've been hurt by Deadwood once. So you don't want to be hurt by something else. Yeah. All right. Uh, so coming in September, The Trial of Chicago 7, directed by Aaron Sorkin, starring uh, Sasha Baron Cohen, Eddie Redmayne, Yaha Abdul-Martin, Jeremy Strong, Gordon Joseph Lovett, uh, Tom Middleditch, Frank Langella, William Hurt, Michael Keaton, Mark Rylance. Based on the story of the Chicago 7, a group of seven defendants charged by the federal government with conspiracy, inciting to riot, and other charges related to anti-Vietnam War and countercultural protests that took place in Chicago on the occasion of the 1968 Democratic National Convention. Invest with an Oscar. <laughs> Are you investing your Oscar? I'm investing it with a bigger payout Aaron if it Sorkin's also wins Oscar. an Oscar. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're giving that old Metacritic bonus. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, sure. I'll put whatever money I have into this, I guess. All right. Uh, coming in October, Bios, uh, directed by Miguel Sapchenik uh, from Game of Thrones, uh, starring Tom Hanks. Uh, an ailing inventor, the last man on Earth, builds an android to keep him and his dog company and goes on a journey across the country. Sounds heartwarming, yes. Yes, sure. Yes. Tom Hanks? Okay, Tom, money. Yeah. 26th <laughs> of November, Snake Eyes, starring uh, Henry Golding, Andrew Koji, Iko Weiss, and Smyra Weaving, a G.I. Joe spin-off centered around the character of Snake Eyes. Man, I've never watched watched one of those G.I. Joe movies, but you just sold me. I won't only not invest. I'll take money away from it. Yeah. <laughs> I invest. It go your ways. Yeah. Uh, also, November, Death on the Nile, directed by Kenneth Branagh, starring Kenneth Branagh, Gal Gadot, Letitia Wright, Army Hammer, Annette Benning, Rose Leslie, uh, Dawn French, Jennifer Saunders, and Russell Brand. While on a vacation on the Nile, Hercule, Hercule Perrault, must investigate the murder of a young Harris. I invest because I think the first one did well at the box office. Yes, because of the cast involved. Right. I did not like the first one, though. All right. Uh, 17th of December, coming to America with two, like the number two in the, instead of two. Star, directed by Craig Brewer, starring Eddie Murphy, Arsenault. Arsenault Hall, 
and Tracy Morgan, Wesley Snipes, James L. Jones, set off the events of the first film. Former Prince Akim Joffer is set to become King of Zumanda when he discovers he has a son he never knew about in America. Have you seen the first one? Nope. Fucking hell. I um, invest. No. All right. Um, these are all TBD, uh, so no release dates. Uh, Chaos Walking, directed by Tob Lyman, Doug Lyman, directed, uh, starring Tom Holland and Daisy Ridley and Mads Mikkelsen. In the near future, Todd Hewitt has brought up to believe that a pathogen has killed all women in a colony world and unleashed noise, the special power to hear people's and animals' minds. Later, he comes upon a patch of silence and soon discovers the source of the silence, a mysterious girl, a mysterious girl called Viola Eid. Yes. Invest. Yes, I will invest in this one. Okay. Uh, next Goal Wins, directed by Taika Waititi, starring Michael Fassbender, Elizabeth Moss, uh, Rachel House, and Army Hammer. Dutch-American football coach Thomas Rongen is tasked with turning the American Samoa national team, considered one of the weakest football teams in the world, into an elite squad. Yes. Yes. Cool. Uh, Good Morning Midnight, uh, being directed by George Clooney, starring George Clooney, Felicity Jones, Kyle Chandler, David Owello. Uh, This post-apocalyptic tale follows Augustine, a lonely scientist in the Arctic as he races to stop Scully and her fellow astronauts from returning home to a mysterious global catastrophe. Coming to Netflix. Invest. Has George Clooney even directed anything before? Yeah, he's directed heaps. What? (laughs) Really? But yes, I'll invest because it sounds pretty interesting. You don't know that? No, I don't think I've ever seen anything he's directed. Probably have, but maybe didn't know. Don't don't remember, yeah. Uh, I'm Thinking of Ending Things, directed by Charlie Kaufman, starring Jesse Plemons, Jesse Buckley, Tony Collette, and David Thewlis. An unexpected detour causes a woman who is trying to figure out how to break up with her boyfriend to rethink her life. Did you just say it was a Charlie Kaufman movie? Yes, I did. Invest. Yeah, I'll put money in. Fully invest, actually. All fully right. invest. That means you can't invest in anything else. I'm fully no, investing not... with an Oscar. <laughs> Alright. Uh, Mank, directed by David Fincher, starring Gary Oldman, Amanda Seyfried, Lily Collins. Uh, the story centers around Herman J. Makowinski as Mankowitz, as he wrote Citizen Kane and the problems that arose during it. Fully invest. Or invest no. if I've only got one left. No. Uh, the Prom, directed by Ryan Murphy, starring Meryl Streep, James Corden, Nicole Kidman, Andrew Reynolds, Aquafina, and Keegan-Michael Key, a troop of hilariously self-obsessed theatre stars, swarm into a small, conservative Indiana town in support of a high school girl who wants to take a girlfriend to prom. Vest. Sure, why not? Uh, Day Five Bloods, directed by Spike Lee, starring Delroy Lindo, Clark Peters, Isaiah Whitlock Jr., Giancarlo Esposito, and Norm Lewis. Four African-American Vietnam veterans return to Vietnam. They're in search of the remains of their fallen squad leader and the promise of buried treasure. These heroes battle forces of humanity and nature while confronted by the lasting ravages of the immortality of the Vietnam War. Fully invest. Yes, invest. The French Dispatch, directed by Wes Anderson, starring... Benicio Del Toro, Francis McDormand, Jeffrey Wright, Adrian Brody, Timothy Chalamet, Leah Sindo, Tilda Swinton, 
uh, Stephen Park, Owen Wilson, and Bill Murray. A love letter to journalists set in an outpost of an American newspaper in a fictional 20th century French press city that brings to life a collection of stories published in the French Dispatch magazine. Fully invest. Sure. Sure. <laughs> uh, on the Rocks, directed by Sophia Coppola, uh, starring Rashida Jones, Bill Murray, Marlon Wayans, Jessica Henwick, and Jenny Slate, a young mother who reconnects with her larger-than-life playboard father on a, an adventure through New York. Invest. Nah. No. All right. And last one, The Tomorrow War, directed by Chris McKay, starring Chris Pratt, Yvonne, Yvonne Strahovski, J.K. Simmons, and Betty Gilpin. Uh, the fate of a futuristic war rests upon one man's ability to confront the ghosts of his past. Humanity is losing to an alien invention, so to fight back, scientists develop a way to draft soldiers from the past to fight the war. Nah. Yeah, that sounds pretty interesting. All right. that That's... Would we want to invest? That's everything coming out in 2020. Well, there's, there's probably going to be a bunch of other movies coming out, so... Out of that list of everything we talked about, what what's the one that you most want to see? Good, uh, the George Clooney one. Really? Yeah. His debut. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> His debut. Oh. Uh, after us, I can't. Uh, Tenant, I suppose. No. Uh, no. June. 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 Lighthouse. June. June. Yeah. June. June. <laughs> Fucking June in October. June. <laughs> all right. So that's everything. All that. Let's move into what did we end up watching, Nick? What did we end up watching? We ended up watching 2001's Dagon. Do you hear that? It's coming from that village. Probably some sort of religious festival. Hey, that thing's coming right at us. There's something in the water. We're gonna have to take the raft into that town for help. Where the hell is everybody? Hello? We need help. What the hell's going on here? Who are you? I've been waiting for you. Yep, starring Ezra Gordon, Francisco Rebel, Requel, Morono, and Macarena Gomez. A boating accident runs a young man and woman ashore in a decrepit Spanish fishing town which they discover is in the grips of an ancient sea god and its monstrous half-human offspring. Nick, why did you subject us to this? Um, I wanted to watch a Lovecraft film, and this is widely regarded as one of the best Lovecraft <laughs> adaptations. Which, as an adaptation, it is actually pretty well done. Okay, so how do you feel after asleep. watching it? Um... Yeah, I still think it was worth watching, for me anyway, like as a fan of Lovecraft and his books. Um, this is an adaptation over the shadow of Innsmouth, so yeah. I mean, I guess you're either here for Lovecraft or you're not, I guess. I'm really grateful that- you two sound like you- you, I'm really grateful that you used your one HP Lovecraft card right at the start of the year. Didn't save it for later, you just <laughs> banked it straight away. So, <laughs> no more HP Lovecraft for the rest of the year. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm, I didn't really like this. It, it, it was quite boring towards the middle. It got a little bit interesting towards the end, but uh, it's just not good. <laughs> I, th- th- 
there's some interesting elements like i'm sure as a short story it works but i don't know if it works as a hundred and four like a hour and a 40 minute movie yeah this was bad and i'm glad we're starting bad with the first one of the year so then we can only go up you know um not only was it bad, as I said, I, it was actually, I nearly fell asleep watching it. Legit, not even exaggerating. I nearly fell asleep watching it. The act, I think that the reason it really fails is because it's, it's high concept, but they don't sell it to you. Like the acting isn't there to sell you on what's happening. I'm like I kept getting distracted by how annoying and bad acting that main dude was. Oh, dude, 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 I got my glasses on that are obviously fake. And dude, oh, honey, oh, well, how stupid fuck he off, is. mate. Yeah, the worst. I'm like, so it's like straight away there's a disconnect because I'm like, this guy's a dick. He's annoying. He's badly acted. I hope he dies. Like, that's, 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 that's me <laughs> yeah. 10 minutes into this movie. I hope you fucking die. Hurry up and die, and then the movie can be over. So it's like, if I'm not rooting for our hero in a horror movie... What's the point? You've you've lost me. You know, like there's absolutely nothing to go on. Nothing. Gibberish. Yeah. Yeah, I can definitely see the negativity towards it not having knowing the source material. Like it, it, I guess coming in at blind, it is very, I guess, low quality. I mean, I was made on in a on a budget in Spain, which I guess yeah, it is what it is. I'll also say a lot of plot. A lot of the elements in this, because I've never read like full HP Lovecraft stories, like officially, but a lot of st- the stuff in this reminded me of the Call of Cthulhu game that came out last year, which is based on all of his stuff, I guess. Yeah. But like the main setup for the game is like the detective goes to this small village. It's like on a waterfront, and there's like s- all these sorts of things that was reminding me of it. Anyway, that was the yeah. one. Go- that was the they're, one. They're, they're Lovecraft tropes, definitely. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it needs to be Stuart Gordon is because it's an ocean monster. Yeah, which looked terrible at the end. But I mean, that's expected. But anyway, yeah, the, the, the CGI was not that great at yeah. all. The face flying, flying looked good. Yeah, oh, that was that. pretty high impact. I found that was difficult to watch. Yeah, it was only a good part of the like movie. in a good way. Difficult to watch. <laughs> yeah, good, the only yeah, good part always, of the yeah. movie was to, the only good part was seeing the dude get his face filed off. <laughs> Uh, All right. Uh, do you guys have anything else to say about this film? Dagon. <laughs> Dagon. I, I think if you, I think if you're here for Lovecraftian concepts, it's definitely worth checking out. I mean, it's on Amazon Prime, so you're, you, it's not going to cost you anything to watch if you already have it. But apart from your time. <laughs> apart from your time, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. But Sure Gordon is regarded as one of the best Lovecraft adapters as well. So. Mm. Take it or leave it. Mm. Leave it. <laughs> <laughs> leave it. Okay. <laughs> that brings us to the end of this episode of What Do You Want to Watch? Uh, Dylan, where can people find you on the internet? On the internet and the tract on all the things at Vivaladil. V-I-V-A-L-A-D-I-L. Hey, Nick, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me at tract at Lord Empire. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and track at Ashley Hobley, A-S-H-L-E-Y-H-O-B-L-E-Y. You can find the Explosion Network, which is a part of, at Explosion Pod on Twitter. You can find us at on YouTube at youtube.com slash Explosion Network, or you can just go to explosionnetwork.com to check out all our podcasts, all our articles, all our news and reviews. 
uh, all there at explosionnetwork.com. If you want to join our Discord, go to explosionnetwork.com slash Discord. If you want to send us an email, mail at explosionnetwork.com. Uh, if you want to help us out, leave us a review either on Apple Podcasts or on Podchaser, or just leave us a nice tweet. We'll probably retweet it because we like me. We like putting nice things out there. Uh, or just tell a friend about the show. Tell them about all the crazy stuff we watched. How, how Dylan decided to watch all the good stuff during his Christmas break. I decided to watch all the bad stuff during this Christmas break. And Nick watched stuff during the Christmas break. Good job, uh, everyone. Good job, everyone. All right. Thank you very, very much for listening to this very long episode. And until next time, keep watching stuff, I guess. Every Saturday, catch Arcade Couch Ashley and others when you listen to a brand new episode of Arcade Couch, the Explosion Network's variety video game podcast. Sit back, relax on the couch to chill with your friends and hear about the latest industry news, as well as our opinions on the latest releases and what we've been playing. Just search your podcasting app for Arcade Couch and subscribe for free now. Hashtag physical media forever. Hashtag physical media 2038. Hashtag cuties.